0: Hello, Bethel fandom. Welcome to Keep Singing, a Bethel and Beth Green and Daryl Dixon podcast. I'm your host, Sunny, aka Dynamic Symmetry, on Tumblr and Twitter and just about everywhere else. And welcome to part three, the final part, I think probably. There's a little more that I recorded, but I'm not sure that I'm going to post it. It's not scandalous, I'm just not sure it's interesting enough to post. Of our Wiscon-stravaganza, wherein I post a bunch of stuff that I recorded at Wiscon back at the end of May. Uh, absolutely fantastic con. You've probably heard me screaming about it, but I'm just gonna scream about it one more fucking time. If you will bear with me, it is the oldest science fiction and fantasy, feminist science fiction and fantasy convention in the world. It takes place at the end of every May in Madison, Wisconsin. It is fucking amazing. It is my favorite con. Y'all don't understand. You just need to come to Wisconsin. They will help you pay for it if you can't pay for it yourself. Just so you know, I expect to see you there. I'll be personally insulted if you're not there anywho the last episode of this that you heard was a conversation between me and ari and amber and my roommate jason and what you are going to be hearing now is basically the second part of that conversation the first two hours took place prior to the tip tree awards and guest of honor speeches and the panel, then that was the panel, and then what you're hearing now took place after the panel, after we all got back to Amber and Aerie's hotel room and we were all drinking and then Aerie fell asleep. Um, my judgment at, during nights at WISCON is not amazing. I've never gotten into anything super bad, but like, yeah, everything just seems like a good idea at Wisconsin after about midnight. So you're gonna be hearing the results of that conversation. Um, I told you, last time that it was a, a conversation between four super awkward human beings so it was you know if you listen to it you know it's fucking awkward um this is even more so i i'm just I, i'm i'm like i'm not usually super self-conscious what happens at wisconsin just happens at wisconsin and i know we've all had late night drunk well most of us have had late night drunk conversations where we were just I don't know. We're just rambling. It's not coherent. And and we listen like if we had had chance to listen to it after, we would have been like, oh my god. Um, I did. I had that chance. And I'm giving it to you because I fucking love you. I I don't know. But you know, I, I think it's a cool conversation because, I mean, what what I said in the episode where I uh posted the recording of the shipping panel was that. One of the things I love about Wiscon, well, I love this about cons in general, about ones that I go to, but but about Wiscon specifically is that this is what happens. Like, there are the parties, and they're fun, and then you go back to your room or to, you know, somebody else's room with some drinks and some snacks, and you just fucking talk. And it goes everywhere, and it's rambly, and it's very stream of consciousness, and it's just a lot of fun. And maybe it's more fun to the people who are doing it at the time and less fun to the people who have to listen to it later. But you know what? Whatever. I'm, I'm giving this to you. Do what you want with it. If nothing else, maybe this will entice you to come to Wisconsin. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those conversations, especially for me. Um, I'm so fucking embarrassed about this, you guys. I almost cut it. That's how embarrassed about it I am. I mean, I didn't cut it. You can hear it, but it's in there. And I, I, um, I, I basically, I destroy my Dark Tower cred. It's so humiliating. I'm, I'm trying, I try at one point to remember the Gunslinger Litany, which I fucking know. Like, I know it. Like, I, I fucking love the Dark Tower books. I know the Gunslinger Litany. I'm not going to recite it right now because I don't want to fuck it up and kill even more of my cred, but I do know it. I try to do it and I fucking massacre it. I completely forgot the face of my father. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so fucking embarrassed. Um, just I, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get through it together and then let's just kind of pretend it didn't happen. Amber saved me. She found it online and she read it and I was like, okay, great. but yeah, it, it's bad. It's but you know, well, yeah, it's one of those conversations. Okay. You know what? I'm going to shut up and, and, and go ahead and get to it. Before I do that, I want to do my Patreon spiel. If you are listening to this podcast, if you enjoy it, if you would like me to do more of them, if you want to help me justify the amount of time that I put into it, which really is not inconsiderable, and I do it all by myself, you can show your material appreciation by going to my Patreon, which is linked at the top of my Tumblr blog, dynamicsymmetry.tumblr.com. There is a link to my Patreon at the top. You click that and you can sign up to toss a couple of dollars a month in my hat. A couple of dollars for me, to be perfectly honest, is not nothing right now. It's super great if you can do that. If you don't want to do Patreon for whatever reason, but you do have a couple dollars to toss at me as like a one-time thing, go to keepsingingpodcast.wordpress.com. There's a picture of a tip jar that takes you to PayPal, and you can do like a one-time donation thing, and it's fucking amazing if you can do that. Uh, And obviously, both things are also linked on the SoundCloud page. Again, a couple dollars at a time is really not nothing for me right now. And because it's not nothing for me, I know that it's probably not nothing for you. For most of us right now, we're kind of tightening our belts. Things are kind of rough. Everybody is sort of struggling in a lot of different ways, I know. And some of those ways are financial. And if you can't do that, or for whatever reason, you would prefer to spend a couple of dollars on something else. Totally understand. No judgment. I get it. But if that's you, what's really awesome that you can do instead is you can reblog things. You can post links to stuff. You can spread the word about this because it's not like I advertise. I mean, this is my advertising. This and the yelling about it that I do on my own blog. So yeah, um, you know what? Spreading the word about something you enjoy is always like the number one way to show your appreciation for it. And it costs you nothing. But you know what? I just love you if you're listening to this. And telling people about it and if you're just enjoying it and you're participating in this wonderful auditory experience with me. That's great. Okay, uh, um, I, you know what, I don't even know what I said like a minute ago. I just got up, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to go ahead and get to the conversation. And yeah, and and yeah, gunslinger me. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the most embarrassing thing I say. Well, you'll hear. See you on the flip side.
1: Offer my toes, but, you know, right. oh, yeah. Hi, guys, okay. this
0: is hours after the panel, and we have drinks, and we have cookies, and we've just sort of been talking oh. about fucking everything, yeah, not even so, kidding. Yeah. this mm-hmm. is probably going to be mostly rambling, but I thought maybe we would talk about our, some of our feelings about the panel, because, I mean, personally, that panel was everything I hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? What are your wow. thoughts and
1: feelings about the panel? <sighs> Frankly, it, it kind of went all over the place, but that was also a good thing as a cover, it covered a lot. Um... I think everybody brought up a lot of valid points and was able to articulate the things that I've had problems about fandom with, um, and things that I've seen. And oh god, but it's really nice to know I'm not alone. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're dealing with like fandom, I mean, I I interact with fandom primarily through Tumblr. Right. I think so most of,
0: that's what that's what there is for the yeah. most part. Yeah. I mean I know there's other little tiny places but for the most mm-hmm. part Tumblr has become what live journal used to be. Okay. So, mm-hmm. it's what we got better or worse.
1: Yeah, oh, jeez.
0: So you primarily interact with fandom through Tumblr? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm involved in a face uh, Facebook group, but it's not really a It's sort of semi separate from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easy when you're interacting with just Tumblr and you don't have people in your real everyday life, um... I'm gonna prop this up so it looks cool. a little easier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, well, anyway, when you're dealing with this stuff, yes, you can talk to people online and everything, but it's not the same thing as talking with them on the phone or speaking with them in person about, oh my god, XYZ person said one, two, three. Yeah. Um, it's... So it, even though you're still connected with the community, you can still feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. And I think in situations where you're dealing with toxic culture like this, it's harder to deal with. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally does. Okay. Yeah. It totally does. <laughs> Two in the morning and I'm making sense is good. No, no,
0: but I mean, I like, I think, well, I mean, among other things, I think these actually are not very complicated ideas. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. And I totally, I, I, I love that you felt like the, that, like, okay, it's not just me that feels this yep. way. I mean, I I didn't say this explicitly in the post. It might have seemed like I tossed out this post about how in one of my earlier panels, they were like, you know, the whole purity culture thing is fucking bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I, my tag was like, you know, aunties would not feel welcome here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the thing, they wouldn't. And that's one of the things I really love about them. That's what we're talking about. All the things we love about is gone. Um... This con, I think, especially because so many of the people you've seen, like it's been this is a con, mm-hmm. this con has been passed from hand to hand, from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people here are of the older generation who remember what it was like when we had to fight for these spaces, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and where it really was kind of okay, ship and left ship, but okay, I think this thing you're into is horrific. Just do it over there and don't make me look at it, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. I celebrate your life choice, even though I want nothing whatsoever to do with it. Yeah. And yes, the thing you're into is illegal and disgusting and immoral, and I think it's horrible, and I don't even want to think about it. But you're not hurting anybody? Just so do it over there. We're cool. Yeah. And it, it, on, on Tumblr fandom right now, there is no communal memory of what that was like. And I think that that's... It's kind of the same thing that, that, that bothers me about FF.net. It's like the new generation of people in fandom... Excuse me, do not remember... Do not know why FF.net is so fucking horrible. Like, they just don't know because... And I think actually a lot of this was because we made the jump from LiveJournal to Dreamwidth to Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost a lot of the institutional memory, fandom in general. And in places like this, it survived... But people don't remember what it was like to fight for those spaces. And they don't remember what it was like when spaces like ff.net became deeply toxic and we had to create places like AO3. Yeah. We fought for places like AO3. There's a reason it's a nonprofit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's one of the things that, that allows really toxic situations like we were covering in the panel to exist. It's just this this, this the sense of shared adversity that we all had kind of as a fandom of all fandoms like fandom mm-hmm. with the capital F yeah that for all of our disagreements and all of our stupid and that kind of kept us all on the same page because we all understood that we were all fighting for the same thing ultimately mm-hmm. and on Tumblr that has just
1: disappeared mm. it's just not there yeah. it's I mean, you say people don't remember, and quite frankly, I have a suspicion that a lot of it is that it's younger people it's younger who people. just didn't experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I've, we're doing a shit job talking about it too. That's true. Now, granted, I don't have a whole. I I can't speak for it a whole lot because when I was involved in fandom, it was basically I read fan fiction. There was no community for me back then. It was just here. Let's read the fan fiction talked to my high school friends about it, and that was it. What were you writing in, if you don't mind Um, asking? uh, I was not really writing in things, but I was doing a lot of reading in God. Back then it was Gundam Wing. I dabbled a little bit in Dragon Ball Z and Inuyasha. Okay. That was my stuff. Okay. Oh, esca floating.
0: Fuck I love Oh my god, Escaflone. I oh. love Escaflone. Yes. Yeah. I never watched a huge amount of it, but I like saw a I, bunch of it um, and
1: then I, I did know that there was a huge fandom and also I just love the art. I uh, yeah, Like I, I would just look at the art and go, that's so great. I actually came into it late, so I again not involved with like the process of the whole show, but I collected I have the entire series still. Mm. And yeah. And I will periodically sit and binge watch the entire thing like once every five years.
3: I love that series so much and I showed it to my son when he was like I don't know, seven to ten, I want to say. Uh-huh. Is and uh, I, I think it's helped make him a romantic as a teenager. Like, uh-huh. you know, because like, you know, cause you can't watch that and I'd be like... Mm-hmm, I know, yes.
1: Because there's so many films. It. And it's, it's got something for everybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I mean, it's got
1: yeah. action, it's got romance, it's got mm-hmm. adventure.
0: That's one of the oh, things about, about like really classic anime that I think mm-hmm. is so great is oh, that yeah. it is... It is genre-straddling in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was nothing about it that was, like, highly sexualized. I love that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I was heavily into Fushigi Yugi for a while, and it was oh, awesome. very, very
1: similar. Mm-hmm. I, like, I... Yes. You're aware... Did you ever watch much of it, or are you just aware of it? I love Fushigi Yugi. I caught it on okay. this Asian channel that my dad got at, out in California, and I loved it. I finally got a chance to see it's the whole emotions. thing. My friend, Ooh. My friend Alicia owns... She owns it, so I got to binge-watch the entire thing.
0: Yeah, bin- binging it's basically it's basically a soap opera, so binging something like that works fantastic. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Noriko, I f- actually like looking way back on it. Mm-hmm. I understand where a lot of my gender stuff not came from, but mm. it was sort of sort of uh, uh, Noriko was my favorite character, and I think mm. you now I
1: understand why they were my favorite character. It, <laughs> yeah, funny how you look back on that and see the subliminal stuff oh, that was going on yeah. the your entire life. You were <laughs> fucking around with gender. Weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that explains things
0: mm-hmm. in fact it kind of made me mad when toward the end they made him much more like yeah they kind of edged, edged, he, they became a him and fell in love yeah. with Miyaka and I understand yeah. everybody was in love
1: with Miyaka I get it but <sighs> that kind of annoyed me too actually not because I didn't feel like they could have anything it's just why does everybody have to fall in love with her? Well, because,
0: you know, she's like... I, I think that the irritation and anger toward Mary Sue's is stupid, because I think, mm-hmm. honestly, a lot of young girls need that character. But it was a little annoying how everybody had to be in love with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, why, why can't somebody just have a deep close friendship? Come on. Yes. Yes, yes. yeah. I'm, I really like that about... It goes into manga territory, but there was a manga called um, Aquarian Age. Mm-hmm. Um, which is apparently promoting a card game, but I loved the manga that they did to produce it. Um, to sorry to promote it, um, and the manga itself was actually really great. But not, and there was an element of love that each character felt for the main heroine, but it wasn't all romantic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I liked that about it. Everybody was allowed to have a different type of relationship with her, but That's love great. was still. In a, but love was still definitely a thing.
0: That's. And that was uh, that was something that hit me so much about the shipping panel and I wish we I wish we'd gone into that more. Mm-hmm. we we've, we've I think we've all screamed about this, but like uh, Bethel fandom especially, yes. especially those of us who really love Carol. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things about that that's so fucking irritating is that it basically, and you could argue that the same thing is true of people who ship Beth and Daryl, but I think we are will less guilty of it, especially because I think we make more of an explicit place for Daryl to be asexual. Mm-hmm. And maybe even aromantic and asexual. Yeah. Um, the idea that a relationship is not legitimate, not real, not deep, unless it's romantic. It's like Daryl can't have a really close, intimate, powerful yeah. friendship with Carol. It's got to be about sex. And it's just. Hmm. And, yeah. it's, and it, that is just one example of like something that's endemic across media. Just like. Sh- shut me up when you want to say something. But <laughs> like, I, I, I love Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. and I recently played through all three games. Oh. And the, the, this is something that irritates Mass Effect fans, and I totally get it, um, especially in the first game. There's this character named Liara. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what, whether you're playing as male Shepherd or femme Shepard. Bioware really wants you to be in love with Liara. They do. They really push her at you, like, oh. don't you? Liara. Huh? Uh. Uh. And if you don't romance her in the first game, they're like, huh? In the second game and the third I mean, game, I mean, like are you sure?
1: Are you kidding me? Oh my no, god. No, but, yeah. but
0: no, yeah. but it's 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 actually the thing about that that's really great is that I noticed that first time we played through, me and my husband played through, he does the combat and I make the mm-hmm. choices. And it's not because I don't play combat, but that's yeah. we played through it together. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um because it's a nice thing for us to oh, do together. absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh, That's really
2: sweet. We, that. play, we
1: co-played mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. My my brother and I co-played Silent Hill like that. So. Okay, well then, yeah. yeah. You know, it can, yeah. be, a really, it can be a really great... It's a great bonding
0: experience. It's a great bonding, experience. A great bonding experience. Yeah. yeah with yeah. games like that, it can be a great bonding experience. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. we, we played through it the first time with Lear as a love interest, and it was sweet. And it was great. And I kind of liked You know, I liked it. And we played through with Meshat mm-hmm. because Ship's bullshit. The And the voice acting is terrible.
3: I, I will say that my first playthrough was also with Liara as a, as a love interest and partially because my first playthrough of these games is always trying to listen to what is happening in the story and where, where it's mm-hmm. pointed and mm-hmm. it's clearly...
0: Mm-hmm. It's clearly pointed. They
3: away. want you. They want they you really to... Want like.
0: to Liara. <laughs> Liara is... It's almost like Liara's canon and everything else is fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... That but... But... And I have so many feelings about this. When I played through for the second time with FemShep, and we did... And and, and said Garrus Vicarian was the love interest, and now he will all speak the
1: love interest.
0: Because <laughs> he's so fucking... Awkward. It's the he's so awkward. Isn't he awkward? Yeah. It's the, like when like when he decides when he decide and chef decides they're gonna have sex and he's like I have to go do hours of research now to make sure that physically we would be compatible. <laughs> right, right. Because I'm a lizard. I'm like a bird dinosaur and you're a human being. <laughs> uh, and actually, That's one really of the right. cutest <laughs> one of the cutest like porn comics I ever saw was an actual like okay when they have sex here's what happens and it's cute because it's super. awkward at the beginning it's one of those it's one of those rare like you know let's have let's bang our paper dolls together where it's like they're trying to figure out physically how this works and it's not working well and it's really awkward and he hurts her and it's like ah and she hurts him and it's like ah, but then it ends up being good but one of the things I noticed sorry it's so so cute I kind of want to find it again one of the things I noticed about it was that when we went through with Garrus as a love interest and Liara was just you know the one that Bioware was like, eh, over and over again, was that Liara actually became a really, really intimate friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that friendship, because it was edging, you know, and it was kind of a cool friendship where it was like there was a little unresolved sexual tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, what it really became was an incredibly powerful, intimate relationship between two women. Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, if you play through with Chester as a friend, you really get the sense that these two women are soulmates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way that transcends the romantic. And, and re- awesome. transcends friendship, too. Especially at the very end, you know, where, where Lear kind of has this spiritual joining experience with Shepard. Before mm. they all go off to die in battle.
3: Right, which has nothing to do with the relationship. Which it's has nothing this.
0: to do with the relationship. Yeah. It's just, you know, we've come through all this together and we're so close to each other. And, you know, we, you've changed my life and I've changed your life. and, And experiencing that really made me go back and look at things like The Walking Dead and not just look at it from the experience of two women having a powerful non-romantic relationship or a powerful mm-hmm. romantic relationship, but, but, you know, women being close to each other in that way where it's, where, frankly, where it's not romance or rivalry. Mm-hmm. You don't see that very much. And it, it made me angry that you don't see that more, but then it made me go back and look at things like The Walking Dead and look at things like Daryl and Carol and see, again, that there is this really deep, I think it really has profound roots of misogyny in a really gross way kind of undercurrent of the and overcurrent of the idea that you cannot have these two you cannot have this man and this woman be really deep intimate friends without it becoming sexual
2: right
0: right and i hate that <coughs> i hate that so much and it isn't yeah. even about ship wars i just hate it it's about yeah. society. And it's about it's people, about it. yeah. people's
1: attitudes about relationships and yeah. friendships, and it's yeah. just—it's toxic. It's really toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I think
3: my whole relationship with sex, in this, the world of *The Walking Dead*—has been fraught, like, uh, like uh, with how much violence and desperation and like rapidness and emergency and like the illusions of safety that keep evaporating. Mm-hmm.
2: And, yeah.
3: You know, um, like it, it, there's very often where even if I see people getting close to each other. I mean, yes, Glenn and Maggie, for sure, um, and, it, and there are times where I get it, and oh my god, Richard, Rick and Michonne, but, um, mm-hmm. but very often when I'm, I'm like, wow, there needs to be some, a solid amount of safety and trust for, like, you know, for it not to be, like, a violent thing, yeah, <laughs> um, and,
0: yeah, yeah,
3: I don't know, the world is very hard and scary, and, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, it made me, it makes me rethink my the place that sex has in that world, is what I'm trying to say.
0: The sexual politics of The Walking Dead are underexplored. Under
3: mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if anybody will be able to hear me talking with my mouth full. <laughs> we got insomnia cookies, you guys. If you ever had a chance to Ooh. get insomnia cookies, but make sure you're drunk and it's after midnight.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Snickerdoodle?
3: Please.
0: <laughs> I haven't had any yet, but the chocolate ones are great. Mm-hmm. They smell delicious. They're so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, The Sexual Politics of the Walking Dead. You've, I feel like you, especially given the stuff you've read, which I'm so sorry, I have not read enough of, because I haven't read enough of anybody. Well, frankly, I'm pleased that you've read any of it. Mm. I want to read more, especially because, okay. and I wanted to talk to you about this in okay. person. You and I, um, I think Redneck
1: Saints is another one, although I have not read a huge amount of her stuff either. I've, I think I've read a few things that, that Redneck Saints has written, but I can't recall off the top of my head which ones I have.
0: She has a thing called "My Girl Is a Switchblade," which, if nothing else, the title makes me want to read. It's it's a yeah, amazing fucking that, title, yeah, right? That, that's, wow. Yes, that, mm. I look at that. that yes. nice. title that mm-hmm. makes me jealous. I'm like, I wish I thought
1: of that. It I hate make... titles. Titles suck. It Doesn't make me jealous, but it makes me want to wear a switchblade.
0: Right? Because <laughs> there's something yeah. kind of hot about that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, and also it kind of, mm. it kind of, you know, it kind of evokes the idea of of woman as weapon, which is mm-hmm. just. I mean, that's awesome. There's so many things you can yes. do with that. Oh, absolutely, and especially. Death as weapon oh, is so amazing, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But getting back to you, um, you're—I I feel like—and this could just be my impression, and I'm not as widely read in the fandom as I would like. And part of it is just because, you know, just like any fandom, there's a lot of crap in the fandom, and I tend to find a very few authors that I know are good and just kind of stick with them and not, mm-hmm. not go. And one of the things I like about the podcast is, if I want to find good one shots, I have to kind mm-hmm. of—I have to kind of go looking, you know, because I have to find mm-hmm. something. That isn't yeah. just one of these two, you know, three or four or five authors. Yeah. But the sense that I get is that of the people who are at the very least competent, there are only a few who are really tackling some seriously dark stuff. hmm and I know, especially, you know, would you up, your, would you up your, th- your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> I know. I had to pick that title, Then Jesus Christ. It's hard for me to say quickly. <laughs> so, um, I, I, you know, I call it Wolf with Red Roses Wolf for with short, Red Roses. Because it's a lot easier to say. Yeah. It's a beautiful title, but Thank it's you. a lot easier to
0: say. Um, there, I don't think there are that many of us who are really tackling some super dark stuff, and especially dark sexual politics. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was just geez. wondering kind of what some of your feelings were about that, especially, and this is one of the reasons why I'm really interested to hear what you think. Um, and it's, it's, I kind of explained it in my afterwards to um, Save Up Here With You and Everything Where It Belongs. Mm-hmm. We talk about the relationship between Beth and Daryl as so healthy and so, you know, so trusting mm-hmm. and so loving, because it is, and it's one of the reasons why it's so great. Yeah? But it's one of the reasons why it's so interesting to take it and really make it fucked up. And very few people are willing to do that. And I understand Mm -hmm. why it's a hard thing to do. And it's a frightening thing to do. Yeah. How do you feel about doing that? About, about, about really, about taking um, this very healthy relationship and trying to find ways to make it unhealthy without completely ruining
1: it in terms of believability. Frankly, it's, uh, it's, I mean, for me to go there, that's an emotionally tough thing to do.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Because it's just, it's just a, it's a tough thing to do because these characters on the can- in the canon. I mean, they have such a wonderful relationship, but yeah. but little of it uh, was saw. Oh, I know. God, all the potential. No. no, no. But anyway, 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 <laughs> anyway, taking that and making it fucked up. I mean, that's like, oh man. Frankly, this is not. It, it's not easy to talk about even because frankly, I keep I keep going back to um, uh, Rocky Freak. Have you read um, the work that she's doing? No. Um, okay, I can't recall the title off the top of my head, but she is writing a highly, what you could call, problematic fic okay. that I actually, for personal reasons, cannot read anymore. Okay, and that pains me because I've seen her, I've seen her develop her skills as a writer, and this is probably the best thing I've ever seen her write. Do you like talk a little bit about the premise? The um, premise, the premise is. Uh, the premise is um, Beth at the beginning of the Can- the Canaan show, Beth has been in. Atlanta. Is this on Ao3 or have you done that? It? It's on Ao3. Okay. Um, I seen it. Yeah, and so at the beginning of um, the show, Beth is in Atlanta and ends up running into Team Family while they're on the highway. Okay. Um, the premise, the the real, I mean, that's what the setting. The premise is that Daryl is a lot more like Merle. Because a, it's season one, and right. Because uh, he mm, is a lot more. But like Merle also in because one. Mm-hmm. the writer is intentionally exploring the what if of what he would be like if he were more like Moral and what their dynamic would look like then.
0: Um, that would be really hard for me, just because I had yeah. him as so much under the surface as not like Moral. Yes. So that seems like a be an
1: interesting tightrope to walk. Yes, it's. It, it, it is definitely interesting, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's written. It's written well, um, but oh man, <sighs> I'm, I'm the, the title is off the tip of my. It's on the tip of my brain right now. Um, I can't. I fuck for the life of me. I can't. You know, what? it is. I can't remember the you title. You know, what? it's almost two thirty in the morning. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's. Um, be, and seriously kick us as out when you need to kick us out when you need yeah, to yeah please yeah when i need to sure when yeah. i'm like what okay when i'm falling asleep and I'm sitting up again yeah, i'll kick you guys okay. out but Okay, i'm 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 wired i am still wired and i'm, I'm having asleep. a good time personally. me too and this is awesome and i'm not going to see you again for another year so. oh my god i know it's terrible yeah but okay so New anyway friend. in this thing aw, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I just, Not I, that we weren't
0: friends before, but Aww. it's different when you actually meet someone in space. And I wasn't yes. following you on
1: Tumblr. Why the fuck wasn't I doing that? I'm. You. It. I have. I, I saw that, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I frankly, I figured you were busy. And no, just sometimes I fucking forget to follow people because I'm afraid. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. You were saying about this. All right. <laughs> anyway, about this fic. Um, very problematic because they basically get into an agreement where she is. Basically, she starts trading sex for safety. Mm. yeah it's that's interesting but I can see why it's it's very
0: problematic and, um, and honestly if you just describe the premise to me my instinct would be I don't know how you can write that in canon I mean in, in character I don't know how you can write that in no in and character.
1: that's why I, I'm not that, saying it couldn't be done no. I'm just saying I don't, you don't know how you could that's why I also added that the author is intentionally exploring ideas that Daryl is psychologically not Canaan Daryl yeah but I am also, which is cool. Yeah. And um, anyway, at this point, I am going to stop speaking of <laughs> that particular fic because I have not read it in a while. Okay. Um. And for personal reasons, I can't read it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but it is very well written. If you can, if you can read it, read it. It's really good. Okay. Um. There's really no I can't read. I've discovered. Hmm. <sighs> right it's well written yeah um god as far as um and as far as Red roses goes and the really fucked up psychological stuff going on in there um as i was writing it like i was seriously feeling like i've been ri- been right god i'm not done with it yet god stop talking about it in past tense i know um you're going to come back to it <laughs> yes yes it's my it's my baby oh my god i have to keep writing it um but they it's i keep Anybody that has been wonderful enough to beta for me on it, I have been, like, back and forth with them. Like, oh, my God, is, the, is how much of this is Stockholm Syndrome? How much of this is, ah, the crap that's going on. <laughs> um, and it's tough because I made the decision to write all of this as, you, as the person who's, when you're reading this and experiencing this, um, I'm not going to go in and offer explanations because in life that is not what happens. You have you either have to learn about it or you're experiencing it and that's it. You have to make sense of it on your own. Um, that's why I'm writing it the way I am. That's also why I'm not answering everybody's questions all the time with what's going on. You okay? Um, mm-hmm. Are you okay? How you doing? Let us know if we're bothering okay. you. Yes, please. Okay. Would you like some blueberries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blueberries. What are those? Blueberries. Blueberries you're look here look me is kind amazing <laughs> oh <laughs> i guess that's a yes then yes she she told me that they're her favorite they're very good blueberries they, yes yeah i yeah i whenever i can buy them organic i will and they were at my store oh damn Yeah. well that store in my town yeah
3: organic matters
0: for fruit it, it, does. Really, it does. really does it really does it really does,
1: does. Tastes more fruity than fruit. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? fruit. Right. Uh, I would. I was constantly going back on back and forth with. Okay, how much of this is crazy sexual tension? How much of this is Stockholm syndrome? And I right. was just. I mean, it was kind of killing me that it was just Stockholm syndrome. And I was trying very hard to write it in such a way that it's if not clear, then at least able to read into the subsurface of things that it's not just Stockholm Syndrome, that these are genuinely good people who yeah. are stuck in a really fucked up situation. Right. And that was yeah. hard. Although I will admit that I was also enjoying the is Daryl a good guy, is he a bad guy, is he a psychotic dude, or is what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And I love. I mean, I loved, um, initially it was supposed to be a one-shot. I was sitting in chat with. Isn't a, that always how it yeah, goes? Yeah, I was sitting in chat with a group of people. It's always how it goes. Yeah, and that's I how was. How they get you? Yeah, and there was somebody made a comment about handcuffs, and I said, "Hey, I said I just typed up, hey, guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go write a quick one shot about sex and handcuffs. I'll see you guys with it.' Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what happened. It was supposed to be a one shot, and I love tossing in twists and making people go, "Oh my god!" Of so. Course. That, oh my god, is the best thing. It is. It's the best thing. Oh, I love it. Um, So, yeah, but then, like, I started getting comments flooding in and people going, what's going on? And it became very interesting to me to figure out, okay, now that I've done this, now that I've written this, now i got to figure out what would push Daryl into doing
0: what he did. Isn't that the most interesting question? Mm -hmm. You have this guy, you know what he would be likely to do, what he wouldn't be likely to do, so Mm -hmm. what would make him do this? Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that question. That's like it was like when I wrote everything where it belongs, where it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, it wasn't that I was like, okay, I want to have, I want him to sexually assault Beth at some point. It was more like I can feel this heading in this direction. Mm -hmm. I can see how this could happen. If he was going to do this thing, which I don't see him ever, 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 ever doing, what would make him do that? Yeah. Under what circumstances would he get into a place in his head where he would do that? Of course, the answer Mm -hmm. is he wouldn't be in his head. But that's one of the things I love about writing these kinds of dark fics, is Mm -hmm. that you are taking a person who's a very, very good person. I mean, Daryl is like an almost unproblematic (laughs) fave. Like, he's just... (laughs) He's just a fucking cinnamon roll. He's the sweetest, (laughs) purest man. He's a sweetheart. And, And, like... You know, yeah. Obviously, he you know he'll slit people's throats and
1: yeah, but he'll he'll keep li- kill people really know, the, gross the, ways. The, the but... thing about that though is I the thing that, that again the thing that I love about him, even when he gets like that, is that when he does that, he's coming from a really dark place. Oh in the, yeah, in, uh, no, in I mean, no, like, no. I mean, it's, it's obviously, I mean, yeah, so I'm not, it. I'm not expressing myself appropriately. Yet. I'm, I'm, not finding quite the right words. Again, um, it is two thirty in the morning. Yeah, it is two thirty in the morning. <laughs> um, Oh, I'm still God. too sober, I think. Okay.
2: What I love about that <laughs> yeah. is that
1: when he gets violent, it is usually in the name of protecting right. other people. With the, exce- with, in my it's opinion, not. When, it, when it's not, As it's when it gets even, oh yes, it's even harder when it gets like that because it's like, at that, I mean, at the point that I saw him do that, that was him just lashing out because there was really very little other option. Yeah. And I'm talking then about the, the massacre at the, um, at the uh, the uh, yeah the, the first I, com- the first compound with the, the saviors. yeah I can't I can't remember what it was
0: technically called either, yeah but yeah with the satellite how about dish. was it
1: that, yeah it was a
0: yes that, that was one. the <laughs> night where we that was the night where we lost Beth's knife we haven't seen it since then and isn't that interesting it is isn't that <laughs> fascinating how we haven't seen it since then mm-hmm. Some, it's almost as if something happened
1: that mm-hmm. night it's yeah. really important character wise I, <laughs> I, I I had canon that he that he left it in whatever room he was staying in in Alexandria
0: same. Like, he, I, mm. that there was, whether or not it was, like, really thought through carefully, it was mm-hmm. sort of the some level, I can't take this where I'm going. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do when I get there, and I cannot take this where I'm going, because she would, she would be appalled oh, at what yeah, I'm doing. yeah, she would be. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I have to wonder what, How, pre- what that episode would look like if she had been there. Oh my God. I, mean, cause, I mean, seriously, what, do you think she would have been able to have convinced them to try and find another way?
0: That's what, I mean, that's, and that's such an interesting question because it gets so deep into...
1: There's so much stuff that we'll never know. Yeah. Regardless of what happens, there's so much stuff we'll yeah. never know. And at the same time, though, be- because she could have stopped it, it makes narrative sense that she wouldn't have been there if this is where they knew the story was going to go, and they did. And you know what that makes me think
0: of? Hmm. I thought it was very interesting that... Daryl wasn't there in the church when Rick and the others killed the termites. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they killed them in the worst way possible. They could have just shot them. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They hacked them to pieces. And not only did they hack them to pieces, but Rick wanted them to do that because he liked it. Yeah. If Daryl had been there, like... I I don't... Yeah, man. I, I... it's not that I think he would have stopped it because I don't think that he at that point I would have mm-hmm. been able I don't think he would
1: have been able to make himself mm-hmm. self-stop Rick but like I, I get the I, I get I'm getting mental images that I think he just would have walked out I think out. he, he would have just left he he would have left I mean yeah. I don't know if he would have like left, left but he would have left the building and he would have gotten as far away from that as he could have Yeah while he would he would because if he had
0: taken part in it I mean it would it would have been it would have been a little bit like what happens with Glenn Mhm you know, where he yeah. voluntarily... T- he takes Heath's sin for him. Because that's mm-hmm.
1: what it is. It's yeah. like
0: he's committing a oh, sin, yeah. and he I, knows I, it. I
1: love Glenn so much in that moment.
0: That moment mm-hmm. for Glenn is so fucking amazing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the people who love Glenn maybe don't appreciate
1: that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because, again, people are appreciating Glenn on a superficial level. Uh, they, he's a, they, they, he's a yeah, beautiful man. He, like, he is. Yes, but, yeah. but, they, but they don't like... People who often mm-hmm. like characters who are like that identify with that. But people... Yeah. and. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's fine. But people who are like that, people who like to live in that headspace, they don't like to dig deeper. They don't like to look at the subsurface and see the darkness inside themselves and recognize what they're actually capable of. It is uncomfortable. And there's nothing wrong with looking at that. It's actually healthy, in my opinion. But, no, people are usually too afraid of themselves to be able to look at that. But what I love about that moment is that I
0: mean it's 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 hard to imagine a situation in which somebody is selflessly killing someone else, but that's what's going on. Yes, yeah. it's it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost Christ-like. Not, oh, in, not in that he's taking someone's punishment for a sin he didn't commit, no. but in that he's taking someone else's yes. sin. he's he's looking at he's and it's looking at so this person oh. saying, oh, "No, I will do this. So you you're you're don't too have good. To. I'm yes. I I will." Kill. I would not kill, but I will hurt my own soul in a way mm-hmm. I will never come back from yeah. to protect you from it because I know you're a good person too. Yeah, and I feel like it would have been putting Daryl in kind of that situation mm-hmm. because it. You know, yeah, Daryl prior to losing Beth, his soul was still kind of. It wasn't pure, but it was. It wasn't damaged in that way. Yeah. He wouldn't have been willing to do that. No. Mm-hmm. And then after Beth, nothing, nothing fucking matters. Mm-hmm. And after he loses the bow, I mean, Jackie mm-hmm. and I have talked a lot about this, about yeah. the difference between how Daryl kills before he loses Beth, mm-hmm. and how he kills after. And Daryl, how he kills yeah. before he loses Beth, is kind of from a distance. Like he's he's mm-hmm. a sharpshooter. Like yeah. he tends he does kill up close, but he tends to not get super physically close. He does mm-hmm. he he's not he's not like he's not like really up close and personal and super viscerally violent when he kills. He, mm-hmm. it's, and, and it's clear that it's a job that he's doing and he doesn't enjoy it and he yeah. wants to do it as quickly as possible and just be done with it and he's doing it only to protect people he cares about. Yeah. And then as soon as, basically as soon as the thing with Dwight happens, which is kind of the final straw at which he completely mm-hmm. gives up on good people because yeah. he tried and it did not go well. Yeah. He's like fucking cutting people's throats and he's beating people to death yeah. and it's just like, not only is he not not only is he comfortable reasonably with violence but it's like he's looking for excuses to be as violent as possible mm. and it's or, or not even necessarily looking for excuses but he's definitely being violent like he did not have to beat that guy to death
1: no he didn't
0: and he not only did he beat that guy to death i can never remember his name it was like fact joey or something <laughs> he beat that guy to death in a way that was so reminiscent of lucille yeah mm.
1: I actually it was so creepy. I think I've mentioned this before. I've missed a good portion of this last season. You yeah? have? Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah. Ooh. I'm excited for you to catch up because it's so <laughs> okay. good. Oh yeah. It's I, such a good season. I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna catch <laughs> up at this point, but I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. yeah. That scene that it that scene <sighs> is that scene is devastating. It's brutal. It, I, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. And yes. then and Jesus' face. Yeah.
1: Oh yes. god.
0: Like they don't they I've, don't really I've show. Seen, I've seen Jesus gifts. is just like Jesus is hard. I, I can't imagine
3: how traumatic the experience is for Daryl at the at the Savior's compound. Oh my God! You know for how long oh he's there, geez. and the how things long
0: he was he there? It's between three days and a week. Um,
3: and and Wait, the the th- first th- th-
0: three three days even is. No. Even well, it would be three. It it's clear they're completely depriving. It, it, it's basically it's mm-hmm. basically extreme interrogation techniques, yeah. a la no, CIA. I, I mm-hmm.
1: did see. I did see that yeah. episode. I saw like the first maybe two to three episodes of, of yeah. this mm-hmm. season. It's it's
0: classic dehumanization.
1: not <gasps> letting him sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're making him ugly. Like they're not letting yeah. him be. they're keeping him naked for a while, which yes, is something I, that we've done in enhanced interrogation techniques. Yeah. When they give him clothes, they're really ugly clothes, mm-hmm. they're basically, he's basically wearing a potato sack. Yeah. So so they're removing his dignity in every way yeah. possible. And then they're feeding him dog food. Yeah. So it's it's about slow, it's about slow but very intense dehumanization. And then also obviously sleep deprivation is one of the classic mm-hmm. ways to torture somebody. Yeah. It's again it's something the CIA does in black sites all the fucking time. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's just even three days. I mean, like I've gone without sleep for three days, and I wasn't being tortured. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I was fucking hallucinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I did it because I wanted to see if I could, and oh, I could. God. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. It was a very bad idea uh-huh. <laughs> because I was seeing and hearing things that were out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bed now. <laughs> but 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 he. Not only does he stay lucid, but he's he's able to hold up against this overpowering force of nature personality and I think it was more than three days I think it was more like a week Mm -hmm. that makes sense Mm. And, and it bothers me by the way that we've just kind of
1: we haven't really explored what that did to him yeah, mm-hmm. that's something that they're probably going to get into later when there's more narrative time. I really hope so. I it wouldn't hope so su- Honestly,
0: it wouldn't surprise me if they don't, just because they have yeah. so much going on and they have so many characters. Yeah. But I really hope they do because it's so interesting. It yeah. w- Please don't hurt this guy so bad if you're not going to do some exploring of what it's doing to him Oh yeah. So, um, I,
3: I, am excited because I don't think you contribute to Daryl <laughs> analysis <laughs> <laughs> so. um, here.
0: Violent,
3: but um, same thing. I. Uh, I was really struck that after this week of intense, you know, uh, torture... Yeah, let's, let's
0: call it a week. It was sure. about a week.
3: Yeah, sure. Um this is this week of, like, you know, um, deconstruction.
0: I'm getting another drink. Does
3: anybody uh, want anything? I want another drink.
1: Out okay, of, I'm good. I, what do you have?
3: Um, ginger and whiskey. Ginger it. and... Yeah, that's good. Okay, so after this week of, of deconstruction, he rejoins the people uh, under brutal circumstances. Um, and you, we don't know fully what it's done to him, but what we know... Uh, is that really early after that, like, there's that scene with him and Maggie. Um, that scene. Well, right? Maggie is a person. Right? Um, and, and, um, and, it, and it's a scene where uh, where it becomes clear that, uh, that Daryl's avoiding looking at her.
0: The, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, I, it's not hyperbole. Like, yeah. he literally hasn't looked at her.
3: Yeah, that he's avoiding
0: Or spoken to
3: her. Yes, connecting with her deeply. And it's clear because, and you know, and obviously because it's Daryl, um, he's just wrecked with guilt. You know? That he's like, I got Glenn killed by lunging at uh by lunging at Negan. And
0: then the rest of this fucking psychopathic fandom is like,
1: yay, yeah, Daryl, you did. Oh my god. <sighs> I fucking hate those assholes. <clears throat> Every single fucking time. It's like, dude, no, fuck you.
3: Wow, I bet they love Negan, man.
1: Ugh. I ooh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I even good. No, yeah, no, no, no. That I mean, God, you can do an entire other podcast, and I would be happy to expound upon my feelings. Just hate on Negan in this fandom. It's, it's you know, it's not even it's uh, my problem. Fandom, is not that I hate on it. My problem is not that I hate on Negan, although yeah. he's absolutely hateable. Um, yeah. and I think he's meant to be. I think all of its intentional. oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But my, I dislike him for the right reasons. Yes. Yeah. my problem is the people in the fandom who don't understand that coercion is rape. Fuck. Why don't we get that? You'd have to ask them. It really—I mm. like, don't understand. It doesn't it.
0: just make me angry;
1: it makes me worried. It makes mm-hmm. me deeply troubled. Yes. Mm-hmm. It makes me really, really worried, and it yes. makes me
0: worried for them. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely for them.
1: It, I mean, I think some of it. I frankly, I think, and some of them are like, "Ugh, God." I mean, maybe I'm okay. This sounds like gender fucking bias, and I'm sorry, but it bothers me particularly when women. Don't understand this. No, it does. It does because and it's like they're the and
0: ones who are in the most danger. I know. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. how can we? Ah, mm-hmm. And I'm
1: trying to protect you. Yes. How can you we not understand that this? Because if we is don't all look thing. out for each
0: other, then who will?
1: <sighs> we have to look out for each other.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all non-straight, all non-straight cis dudes have to look out for
1: each other. Yeah, but I think, I think some of it too is just that, like, even like even as women, we're so immersed in toxic masculine culture.
0: The misogynist yes.
1: shit I used to
0: say and think. Mm. Holy shit! Mm. The racist shit I used to say and think. Oh my god! I would have hated me. But you know, you get better. I got yeah. better. <laughs> Personal growth is a wonderful, is. valuable
1: thing, but
0: it's re- it's really it's really disturbing, especially mm-hmm. disturbing because I get the feeling that Kirkman is kind of like that. Like he, I, Kirkman, kind of buys into the whole he's actually I, honorable. I, he's like that. Owned. Negan's actually. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think Gimple uh, buys it for a fucking second, but well, I, think Kirk, no. I think Kirkman buys it. I think Kirkman
1: thinks that book. Well, I mean, that's you know, uh, a fucking I, Kirkman self-insert. I I don't have enough of a get on Kirkman to be able to definitively voice a opinion on as that. Much as but I do. Yeah. based on everything I have heard, based on the writing, based on and I'm not talking like the comic books. I haven't touched those things. Don't. I won't. It's not worth it. Oh no no no. no. Don't. Don't unless, worry about unless that. Unless
0: you want to get a new appreciation for how much better the show is. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay.
1: It's, it. it's okay. It's okay. I don't need it. it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, but no, I just. <laughs>
3: No. So we were talking earlier about Fight Club, and I know that Negan has been compared to Trump uh, earlier today. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, but yeah. I actually um, am comparing Negan to Tyler Durden now. Mm, um, really? Yeah. As go a sort go of, into that. As a sort of unleashed, unfettered male strength personality. I,
1: I got it. I have to say one. There, there's a crucial difference, though, in my like opinion, yeah. between Tyler Durden and Negan.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Tyler Durden, I. Don't believe, this is gonna sound weird and but and I don't know if this is just some kind of headcanon thing, but okay. as a character given as much as he is against the man I yeah. guess you could call it sure. right. um, I can't see Tyler Durden being sexually violent towards a partner I can't see that physically violent. Of the poster, only the but... only
0: sex we ever see Tyler Durden having is mm-hmm. is just is enthusiastically consensual. Yeah, it's it is. messed up. <laughs> yes, but it's very happy with how messed up it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I never mean, we never right. see him being overt. We never yeah. even really see him being misogynist exactly. As not as far as I can recall. I mean, with <laughs> no, this one he woman, was, he's kind of he doing was, some... But, but I always get the sense that it's like he's doing it because she, he knows she's into it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He's yeah. not doing it to her regardless of whether or not she wants it. He's doing yeah. it because he she's into it and he's yes. enjoying how into it she is.
3: Yes. I've sort of read that story as that the sex that, uh, and that, that relationship. I, mem-
0: r- I should say I remember primarily the movie.
3: It's that's been fair. a long
0: time since I read that. I think read I think book.
3: that part is pretty close to the book. I think they changed some lines, but the There's relationship a lot of is the movie essentially that's
0: the super same. close to the book, yeah. yeah. And that that's one of the things I think they didn't change.
3: Um she... and my read and view on that relationship is that it is that it is happens because of Tyler's unfettered power. that be yeah. like he he's so relaxed and cool Maybe. and
1: his unfettered uh, id, I guess you could
0: Id. say. Yeah, yeah totally. He, he, he's definitely kind, of kind of an id. Id I mean, Id that, right. like, literally, like, psychologically, psychoanalytically, he is the id. Yeah, it, yes. it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he... is what he is.
1: Exactly.
3: Okay, well, then this isn't... Is the, it, <laughs> it doesn't need to be that complicated. It doesn't need to be that complicated when I talk about Negan as the id, as an unfettered, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, just desire in all directions.
1: Yeah, no, that, um, that makes sense, too. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um... And you guys were talking about um, what killing does to the various characters of Team Family and, like, the cost of it, you know, as a sin, as a cost, as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think part of that um, that cost uh, is that when you do it too much, you get closer to the, the way that Negan looks at life and the way that uh, Negan's followers look at life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what do you mean? I mean, that life is cheap and that uh, it's mm, just yeah. a resource battle, that you are in oh. competition for resources,
0: yeah.
3: and, that, and that empathy is uh, something you have to abandon.
0: Yeah. Well, and that life, that life itself is a resource. I mean, like, like mm-hmm. existing as a living being is about competition for resources and mm-hmm. it's about consumption of resources,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but that life, it's like, people are resources. Mm-hmm. Like, the existence of people is a resource, and people are eminently expendable. Mm-hmm. Like you can just kill people on a whim if it serves your purposes, mm-hmm. and that kind of ties back to some of what you and I were talking about on you know our amazing <laughs> three hour long <laughs> listeners. Something you should know: Whenever I come to Wisconsin now, like I fly into I fly into Chicago, and then Jason and I drive to Madison. And what always happens on these car trips now, to and back, is that we end up getting into the. We don't listen to music. We're not sitting in silence. We get into these hours and hours and hours long conversations and then we end up back at midway and i'm like what do you mean i have to get on a plane we were having an amazing (laughs) (laughs)
2: conversation."
0: and when we were driving to madison we were talking about how negan and this was kind of like about trump like how trump Trump, how trump refuses to recognize the existence of any the thing the thing that got me the that really helped me tie Trump to Negan and that also gave me, like, the worst kind of, like, creepy-crawly chills Mm -hmm. was reading the thing that leaked, and I have no reasons to believe this isn't true. I'm sure you guys believe it, too. The thing that leaked about how um, Trump's aides insert his name into paragraphs to keep him reading. What? You didn't see this? I didn't see this? No. Oh, man. Holy shit,
1: y'all. I have been highly disconnected from the media for a Good. while. Good.
0: I've oh. been obsessed. Basically, politics is my new fandom. I've, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my coping mechanism. Yeah. I can either pretend it's not there or I can completely embed myself and kind of make it fictionalized, and then I don't completely collapse into a puddle of despair. Mm. Are you were I was doing
3: the same, and I've, I've been reading pretty close, today, and I saw that they were, like, inserting pages in there, and it was mm-hmm. a problem, because they would put fake news, and he would get upset about it, and run around, and, Oh, yep, yeah, you know. no,
0: well, I mean, like, the, how they deal with his, how his AIDS deal with his daily briefings is fucked up on so many levels, mm-hmm. but one of the things that they've been doing is... Even in paragraph, well, not even paragraphs, because he has it in fucking bullet points. But yeah. when, whenever they're briefing him, something they've noticed—God, it's like handling hey, like a toddler. The toddler rules. Something, roles. you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure his screen time is monitored. Yeah. My parents didn't even do that for me when I was like, when I was like five. Now, granted, we only had a TV for the Olympics in those days. <laughs> I didn't grew up without a TV. Mm-hmm. Explain some things, yes, no? Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, they, they, they keep. I'm going to say Negan. They keep Trump's attention <laughs> by inserting his name into things because they've noticed, and this is like almost verbatim, that he'll keep reading if he sees his own name.
1: Mm-hmm. Classic narcissism. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: no, it's fucking creepy though, right? No, I'm, I'm talking He's, pathological yeah, narcissism. Yeah, no, pathological narcissism. I am like, not
1: unfamiliar with it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
0: He is literally Ugh. unable mm-hmm. to engage mm-hmm. with a world that isn't himself. Yeah. And I, I would love, you know what, I would love to get Gimbal to come to Wisconsin. And I would, and with an expense account from AMC. And I would love to go down in the bar, and just kind of get him to myself, get the iPad with the recorder, mm. and then just talk to him for a while about his writing, and not even in that is Beth alive kind of way, <laughs> right, right, but right. more just in a so what is up with you man kind of way. And and if I if I were him, I would be looking at Negan because remember he like he wrote this and, and mm-hmm. filmed this before the election. That's a yeah. thing we need to remember because it's mm-hmm. fucking creepy. And talked to him about what it's been like to have filmed and written this and then watch the election happen and then the inauguration and then the administration because how Negan has all of his followers say, I am Negan. Mm-hmm. He's un... For Negan, there's Negan and there's mm-hmm. nobody else. There's There are appendages of Negan and then there are people who have to be destroyed and there's really no middle ground. No. Negan is uninterested fundamentally in anything, that's, in anything that isn't Negan. Mm-hmm. And... It's exactly. It's classic narcissism. He yeah. just can't. He cannot recognize the reality of anybody outside of him. So everybody, everybody else must be him, or they must be nothing. Yeah. And it's. I don't even remember what originally started this, but it's just. I guess where I'm going with this now that I've kind of you know done the whole comparison to Trump thing. Mm-hmm is I have a very, very hard time with people who look at him and then look at his wives and think that what's going on there is consensual. Right.
3: Yeah. It's super coercive. And they're a they're, they're collection of possessions. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I was fascinated a lot watching the season with Ian where, um, uh, at how he reacted to anyone in the Team Family that resisted him. Yeah. You know? Um, that, that,
0: like, I find Negan so boring as a character, but the things he make ha- makes happen yes. are so interesting. Right. <laughs>
3: um, so, I, you know, I mean, uh, because anytime that Sasha or Carl or uh, Daryl or, or, or Rick or anyone, yeah. mm-hmm. that they resist him uh, despite yeah. his threats and his presence and his cockiness and, and anything that happens him. Or needs.
0: Sherry and Dwight.
3: Yeah. Oh. Def- or Sherry and Dwight. Or Sherry and Dwight, right. That he gets not only excited... But like visibly aroused, like, like yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> it's yeah. really creepy. He's
1: like, "Ooh, you're challenging me. That's kind yeah. of sexy." Yes. And I'm exactly. you for it. He looks at me.
3: He's like, "Lucia likes that." You know. And, like,
0: oh, <laughs> that, and that, by the way, I think that's Gimple. I don't think that's Kirkman because it's too self aware. Mm. It knows what it's doing. I really yeah. think it knows what it's doing. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: at, at, at the same time, though, I gotta say, from a psychopathic dictator uh, perspective. Yeah, he's gotta keep everyone under his heel to yeah. make them, everything work, but it's boring. I yeah. imagine he it likes being challenged because it's yeah, more exciting
0: right. than Exactly. That's why uh-huh. his eyes light up when Daryl throws That's that punch. punch. Yeah. He's not mad. He's just like well his he eyes he light doesn't up. kill Glenn out of anger at that point. It's just more of a well I've
1: got a, a, I I to gotta show my you what rules. Happens. Yeah. I gotta show
0: you yeah. what happens. I don't yeah. when he says I don't really wanna do this. I kind of don't believe him because I think he's a sadist and I think he enjoys inflicting pain. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, you know, he does in that moment feel like it's more of an obligation than anything else. Like and he I, would just as soon yeah, go back and the be call. It's because quite...
1: It, uh, bear with me here. But okay. <laughs> he... Okay. I, I don't remember who it was that said this, but I, somebody posited that it was... Uh, that Abraham was calculated you can play any minimo and if I, you, I thought if, the same thing yeah if you you can you count can, it you can so count you it up... and if you're i mean i can't do that myself but if you can so, look right, to, and I can't figure map. it out oh, yeah i, I can't yeah. somebody else could do it yes and negan is absolutely intelligent enough to be able to look at a group of people and go yeah. okay well and it's, it's not even enough. about intelligence it's just yeah. about ability to you know
0: count and then to mm-hmm. plan exactly according to yeah Mm-hmm. So he yeah. he knew, he knew totally, exactly. Totally, totally. Oh, to anyone I know that's on played, Abraham
1: and sorry. they were yeah no, but they could do.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone
3: else played Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo? Yeah. has done this. Yeah, where they fudge the they fudge it so it lands in the, the yeah. area that they wanted to go, yeah. and they'll yeah. switch the syllables around. Yeah, with, with
0: varying degrees of of being able to cover it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's Absolutely. totally. I thought the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, especially yeah. given that Abraham kind of volunteered. Yeah, I kind of. It's it's like it's not that I'm mm-hmm. like. It's weird, because sometimes that happens in Negan just to be spiteful and to show that you can't control what I do. We'll pick somebody else. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly like how he picked Glenn, when really what it would have been reasonable to assume is he would have killed Daryl. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But also, I think, you know, sometimes... I can see why he would just go. Okay, you volunteered. I'm going to make yeah. it look like it was my choice. I'm not yeah. going to make yeah. it look like it was your
1: choice, but yeah. I'll go ahead and take yeah. you out. Thing is, I think he made that choice long before they were even it all in front of him. You think so? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Explain there, why. Uh, because based uh, based on things that it, based on things that have been said based on based on things that Dwight had said or in pre- the previous season um, that basically Negan. Had found out that there was a group and they were watching them. Mm-hmm. So they got a. Yeah. They, they were watching them. They'd they have been spying on them. them. They had a sense of who Abraham was and what his role was. Because he
0: would all... never attack without intelligence. No. Or he would never allow them to attack him without intelligence. No, so, I mean,
1: it's, it's He's how, that smart. It's how they were able to figure out, that's how they were able to prepare the The roadblocks, road exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. That was all very yeah, carefully it was planned. Very
0: carefully planned. Yes. I love that, by the way, because. I'm sorry. Let me interject real quick. Remember where you were because I want to come back to it. I will try. One of the things... (laughs) Help me, Jace. Help me remember where where she was. Um, One of the things... A lot of people didn't like that episode. I really liked it because it was a... I think I said this afterward when I was writing my little write-up. It was a wonderful spin on that, you know let's get a bunch of college kids together in an RV and take a road trip into the creepy woods with the cabin where nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> and then, oh, there's a hillbilly. Hi, hillbilly. Oh, there's another one. Hi, hillbilly. Oh, why are we being slowly herded in this one direction toward this shack? What's going on there? It was really kind of a take on that where, you know, you feel this thing gradually closing in in this really mm-hmm. creepy visually, visual situation Little by little by little, you start realizing that they are being very carefully herded toward this one place. Mm -hmm. And there's this wonderfully building sense of dread. Like, I love that episode because Mm -hmm. it just builds so well. People thought it was boring, and I was like, no. How could... Oh, I heard multiple people say it was boring. And and during... Shit, that was loud. That... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Seriously, tell us to go down to the lobby if you need us to go down to the lobby. Yeah, we will totally do that. We'll try and keep... We'll get so We just get so excited. Um, <laughs> it's... It, wow. It's called Last Day on Earth. And there's that whole, you know, like, you know, you know treat each Look at each other as yeah. like, this might be the last day on Earth. And wow. Yeah. Wow, this sense of dread is building. And this is one of the reasons why it's a wonderful farewell episode for Abraham. And that's one of the reasons why I expected him to die. Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's... It, there's... They are, normally in, in a horror film like that, there would be infighting and people would be blaming each other. Mm-hmm. And then when they died, you'd be like, oh, thank Christ, because you were really irritating. Mm-hmm. Thank Christ that that scythe hit you in the face because they didn't like you anyway. But, but what's happening throughout the course of that episode is that, is that you know, they're loving and supporting each other and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really? And, and, and you're getting, you're really finding out that these people, you know, yeah, they've done horrible things and they've been turned into, they've been turned into monsters here and there, but they really love each other and they really care for each other. So by the time that they get into that clearing, you know who everybody is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so you have that wonderful kind of organic emergence of who everyone is and what their relationships are and, and, and the real love and the real tenderness they feel for each other and especially Rick and Maggie and you don't see enough of that. Yeah. But it's but but what adds to that dread, and this is where we're going to come back to what you were saying, was the sense that this is all so carefully, meticulously mm. planned, and every, they knew every single direction they were going to try to go. Yeah, and they just. I think it they was knew every just,
1: single direction they could go. They knew every yeah.
0: single direction. They knew they, yeah. they knew all those roads. They knew every single direction they could go. So oh, yeah. it wasn't accidental. They ended up exactly where they were supposed to be at exactly the time they were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
3: And, and that was a, va- a demonstration of their vast manpower and resources. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there were so
0: much more of them than you think yeah. when they do that. And yeah,
3: that yeah. any of the viewers thought as well, or oh, had yeah. access to. I yeah.
1: knew there we were a lot. There were a lot of them, but just because I'd read the comics. Sure. Yeah. Up to that yeah, point. But, but okay. you know what? Dwight also again, Dwight uh, kind of revealed a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. people didn't think about it. He, mm-hmm. he literally said earlier in the previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know. Daryl asked him, "Why did Why did you think I was one of their guys?" He was like, "Well, we we've got a lot of people. I don't know who everyone is."
0: Mm-hmm. Dad, you know, I missed that one. Yeah, I me that. too. Really? Yeah. <sighs> this show is so good, and people mm, don't yeah. it. And I'm finally getting kind of drunk, and I'm <laughs> super happy about that. I haven't been really drunk this whole con, and it's mm. made me super sad mm. because normally I get I get smashed at least one night, and it's awesome. Mm, yeah, it's. Funny. I need to go back and rewatch Always Accountable because that episode is so important. Mm. And I only realized I, I got irritated at that episode when I first saw it because I was like, God, I've been waiting so much for Daryl and he's only in half of this one. Oh, Daryl. Because I want everything to be about Daryl. And the little things <laughs> but, about actually being important. Like, but but that episode that episode is kind of a turning point because mm-hmm. that episode is where you first encounter the saviors mm-hmm. because you know you know Dwight and Sherry and Sherry's sister are the saviors, mm-hmm. even though they're on the run from the saviors. that is where the saviors are introduced, and that is also where Daryl finally just falls off the cliff, yeah like it's that episode mm-hmm. he, he there's a little bit of a turn- trend upward with Aaron because he's Aaron and he's a special, precious thing, and mm-hmm. we must protect him, and nothing terrible must ever happen to him <laughs> or Eric ever 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 <sighs> um but but also like. I've talked, you must have heard me talk about this before, oh, and I've absolutely. yelled at me, like, like, the fact that, and I'm I'm drunk, from so rambling, so, again, like, tell me to shut up when you need me to. Yeah, I'll go for it. But, um, visually, that episode is genius. I mean, partly, this is the stuff with Sasha and Abraham that's being set up that is also incredibly important later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I was irritated by it because I thought it came out of nowhere and was kind of stupid. And I, I still think it kind of came out of nowhere, but it did end
1: up being very important later. I, I I get that. I also agree that it kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like, I don't know, completely unrelated side note, I really do feel like things with Sasha and Abraham were just literally thrown together. It felt almost, it felt a little it felt forced. almost as forced as the beginning of Glenn and Maggie did.
0: Yeah, that was—I mean—that was, I mean, that was yeah. comics. I yeah. was like, we will put these two together because in the comics they are that way.
1: Yes, And <laughs> yeah. it, it, it could have been—they both on both ends. It could have been written better, and frankly, I think it should have taken more time to set up. It happens super quick. Yes,
0: Jason, have you read the comics? No. Okay. No. In the comics, it happens like that. It's like yeah. I'll have sex with you,
1: which you know, in retrospect, yeah. kind of makes a little bit of sense. Like, yeah. You know, G- given the kind of character Abraham is.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you know, Rosita and it, 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 yeah. with Glenn and Maggie suddenly having sex in a pharmacy—that actually, um, you know. Um, that makes sense. it's a little it, it, sudden but and then Glenn is so sweet about it after and he's yeah. just like whatever it, I'm gonna it, crush the thing with he- eggs on your head yeah yeah. it, it, it made sense it, their relationship made sense but not so much Abraham and Sasha was forced yeah yeah. but the Daryl part of that episode I mean God, I need to go back and rewatch it because I've looked at so many screen caps because I've used mm-hmm. it for, cover, for book covers and things but, but like when Daryl crashes in the forest and the forest is clearly all burned out this was too careful to not be completely planned. Mm-hmm. How all of the color disappears in his sections, like there's, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. how you know how his coloring has been getting consistently yeah. darker. It's not quite he's not quite black yeah. yet, but he's almost there. He's like so dark brown that he's black most yeah. of the time. It's like a chocolatey color. He looks like he's in mourning. Mm-hmm. He's walking around like he's in mourning, and his that's hair like... is so so dark. And I know part of that's just Norman
1: because of fucking Norman, but
0: mm-hmm. but also you know. There's been a it period. makes
1: narrative sense. And
0: the show is so careful with color. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his, uh, the, the wings on his vest are getting darker. Yeah, now he doesn't even have his vest. Anymore. Yeah. But, but like, he, he crashes in the forest, and the forest is just ash. It's just mm-hmm. dirt and ash, and he's covered in the dirt and ash. And really the only color you see on him is blood. Yeah. Mm. After that point, and he can't get out of that fucking forest. He keeps trying and trying yeah. and trying, and for a little while they break through into green, and then they get forced back into the forest, and he just can't get away. And that episode is, wow. that episode is him descending into hell yeah, and then a not coming back out. I was
3: just thinking. Yeah, it's like, purgatory. It's purgatory, yeah. and
0: then he never makes it out. Yeah, he never ever makes it out after that point because everything yeah. you see from him after that point is like Rick is like, "We're gonna find some good people today, Daryl. Let's go on a road trip, Daryl." Oh. And Daryl's like, "Fuck everything." Yeah, mm-hmm. no, seriously, fuck everything. There's no good people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You were talking about Amber. You were talking about mm-hmm. um, the guy with the red hair.
0: Abraham. Yep.
3: Why? Why he was being targeted by the
1: same. Oh else,
0: right. right yeah. That, uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank I, you so much for reminding me. <laughs> so <we're> yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yes. So crazy. Abraham is was, Abraham
1: was being targeted because Negan doesn't. Sorry. Negan um, Negan stated, if I recall correctly, that he doesn't like to kill the leaders because they can hold shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He, he, likes said, to he, exactly. he likes to kill the people around. Exactly. You've seen. You've heard Molly man. and me talk about that. Yeah. 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 But anyway, this. All of this exposition to make this really tiny fucking point about uh, about Eat why, in my opinion, um, Negan didn't mm. it, Negan even as a fucking sadistic sadist, sadistic sadist. Um, well, no, he really is like super much though. <laughs> yeah,
2: <it's a> double <laughs> double <plus either>. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, new phrase. Um, but okay, so. Basically, and this, I mean, this is just, this is really basic reading into the psychology of Negan. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, he killed Abraham. He literally got his job. He literally got his proverbial dick wet. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's an like image then, of
1: him, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's
0: him and not Glenn. Maybe it is Glenn. Mm-hmm. But or he, how he's holding the bat. I mean, it's just, it's it's not even like a... It's 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 so much phallic symbolism mm-hmm. that like it's just oh, like, yeah. Oh I get, yeah. I get it. I get like, it, to, do I, get it. I get you it. You don't need to do any more. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 weird. Yeah, please stop beating us to death with your dick. <laughs> but yeah, that that was it for him. Yeah. He came, he was done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest was
1: just oh, I suppose. I'm going through the motions because I really don't want to do this. It's but like, oh, you really oh, want it again, butt. honey? Okay, God, okay. <laughs> <sighs> That's super inappropriate. Pretty I'm much, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. But
0: I know, like, I, like I said, I'm like not sober anymore, and I'm so happy about that. <laughs> sure.
3: I do. I do also get the sense that Negan is bored with his life. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mean, Ultimate
0: like, Power is boring. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I also okay. The challenge? Um. Um. One of the things I noticed when I was watching a lot of the a lot of the the, the everyday saviors stuff was that. Tons of people were coming to and for direction on things all the time, yeah. and then he was very busy yeah. with things. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh my God, you're right. I never really he's, thought about that, but you're right.
3: Um, he, he like people like, are coming in for orders, and he's like, "Oh, I got to go visit these guys, and I got to do this orders, and I got to burn this guy in the face with an iron, and then I have to <laughs> fuck one of my wives, and then <laughs> oh like... my God, like that." No, I'm sorry, but that's
0: making me think of the Princess Bride, where mm-hmm. it's like I've got my my, my <laughs> wife married and gilded a frame for it. I'm swamped.
3: And I kept thinking about. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I think it was, um, first season Game of Thrones that, uh, that, uh, that Ned Stark said something about, like, once you give an order on something, then you always have to give an order on it. Like, yeah. Maybe, or maybe I'm thinking of another, that's, that's, that's from, maybe that's from something thing else. But no, that but that sounds,
0: sounds like, about, it's been a long time since I've seen Game it of Thrones, familiar. but that sounds about right. Uh, right? It's a familiar thing,
3: right? Yeah. Like, once you give an order on a thing, you always have to give an it's order on It's
0: not anything. a new observation.
3: Okay. God, maybe it's a Dune. I don't want to even want to, anyway.
0: Um. Jason's been rereading I don't Dune. think it
1: uh. Sorry. I've, I started reading Dune, loved Dune. I had to return it back to the library, and I have not touched it since. But that was ages ago. When you have a chance, read it. I, it's worth reading. I thought later would say st- that. I'm trying to get through the Dark Tower. I've got Wizard and Glass on audiobook waiting for me at home. Okay, no, okay. Just, just a side
0: note, Wizard and Glass, skippable. Really? It's the Of weakest. all the books, it's the week. I mean, it's yeah. still it's still cool for rolling and backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm and, actually really
1: appreciating that. And
0: as as a kind of a post-apocalyptic sort of, but also sort of historical, given
1: the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you
0: know they're basically mm-hmm. at like feudal level uh, technology. I actually,
1: um, I was in the middle of reading the book when I had to return it, and I was, uh, I was, I had to really chomp down on yeah. board exams, so I had to take the book back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually in the middle of the book, so. A Wizard and Glass. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, then you need yeah. to know. You know yeah, you I know, I know okay. about more, but okay. I'm it's
0: skippable, it. but it's cool. Yeah. I'm Wait, enjoying it. So. I, I need to refresh myself. Hmm. Is it my fault that you started reading Gunslinger? Yes. Yeah.
1: Thank you so so happy. much.
0: Oh, and god. I'm so happy that you're psyched for the movie. Oh my god. I... isn't Idris Elba perfect? <laughs>
2: it, yes. Yes. <laughs> I had, uh,
0: I, I, it's, it's not like I was doubtful because I know Idris Elba will just own whatever he does. Yes. But it's yes. like it was like okay, you know, you have your own idea of mm-hmm. what. And honestly, it's like I went through the thing I think every white person has to do when they've assumed mm-hmm. that whiteness is the default. With mm-hmm. it. I mean, everybody does you that. Know you know what's kind of funny? I never it? saw Roland mm-hmm. as, as a black guy. And then I saw Idris Alba and I was like,
1: no, this totally fucking works. You, you know what's kind of crazy? Um, I had heard before I started reading it that Idris Alba was going to be playing. Oh, so you Boros knew going in. It. That's so, so interesting. So I knew that going in. So, quite frankly, That's so by interesting. accident. Mm-hmm. I just forgot that Roland was white as I've been reading it. Oh, my God, I'm so jealous. That's great. Eh, I wish mm-hmm. I could have it It's the read first time I've way. ever had that. I mean, like, a, a friend of mine wrote a really good story, and I actually need to poke him and find out if he's ever finished reading it. It's this thing he's been writing. He's written multiple books. It's really good. I think you would find it interesting. Okay. Um, but, I mean, and it's fantasy stuff. But anyway, um, right. after... Okay, he, he wrote it, he had me read through it, and then he, he asked me some questions, and quite frankly... Um, like the, like the main character is an albino. Mm-hmm. I actually and I picked up on the fact that okay the character is generally pale and that was just my mental aesthetic for, this char- for the character. Right. But it didn't occur to me that the character wasn't white. Um. It, it didn't occur to me the character that, that the character was an albino. I mean I, I don't believe that that was explicitly stated, but he describes the character and that's right. all there. Right. Um, and I felt terrible, frankly, because uh, the one of the other characters um, was a. a, a she was not white. Mm-hmm. Um, she had was described as having darker skin. And, like, I had forgotten about that in my ima- imaging of this character. And I felt terrib- terrible about it afterwards. Um,
0: but, I mean, although I think it's understandable, yeah. too, if you're not paying attention to kind of gloss over to that point, and if you're a white person, yeah. and all three of us are, mm-hmm. I mean, we're just, we're just socialized that mm-hmm. we are the default. And we yeah. have to be explicitly told, like, idiots, mm-hmm. that it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I... Look, white person.
1: I dislike yeah. that about myself. Oh, I, yep. I, I, I hate it. I resent. It. I resent the fact that I'm white. I, re- I resent everything that it comes with. Mm-hmm. I resent the
0: fact that it makes it harder for me to engage on an interesting level with characters because I'm always assuming they're mm-hmm. white. God fucking damn it! Mm-hmm. Like it's really, it's frustrating, and it means, and it means that when I see something like Idris Elba as Roland. Mm-hmm. Even if I completely accept him as Roland. And it's not like I didn't think he would be fucking amazing as Roland. Because Idris Elba is an amazing actor and can probably pull off just about anything. I still had to do this little mental switch thing. Like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Your image of this guy as a white man, not only is it not canonical, Mm -hmm. but you need to put it under other people's interpretations of this because you know, it's white supremacist. Mm -hmm. You need to make room for this character as a black man. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that wasn't as hard for me to do as it once would have been, but I resented that I had to do it at all. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It was really frustrating. But, you know, good frustrating, because I recognized that it had to happen. Mm -hmm. Long story short, doesn't it look fucking amazing? Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I I got...
1: I'm
0: so excited. When I finally... Sorry, guys, this is all dark tower now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Okay, so favorite characters? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but we'll pull this back around to The Walking Dead because yes. they're both so similar. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my god! Don't get
1: me started on the demon. Overs. No, I'm never gonna finish it. Oh. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Oh. No, but like uh, I wasn't even gonna go there. But just oh. I, I want to finish that. it. It was so my first
0: crazy AU, and I really want to finish oh, it. So bad. it was fucking gorgeous. Isn't that f- like okay? I'm, it's been so long since I've written that I'm gonna <gasps> I've written it that I'm gonna fangirl it. Like it's not even mine. <laughs> so I say fangirl because I'm automatically gendering myself female, and I shouldn't do that. I'm gonna fan person it mm-hmm. like it's not even mine. Mm. I needed to correct my own pronoun. That's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's I'm really not sober. <laughs> um, and I've been I, you know It's three in the morning. Co- and you're coercively not sober. assigned female at birth. <laughs> um,
1: it's uh well I and also fangirl is kind of a thing though, right? We kinda of yeah, gender that. Frank, uh, frankly, uh-huh. frankly frankly, when I say fangirl, I mean fangirl and I don't and I as, and in the sense of kind of gushing. It, in the sense in the sense of gushing, high pitched squealing which is also insane gross. little craziness, yes. Which is also gross. <laughs> but but i Frankly, I would use the term fangirling, whether I was referring to a male or female. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. I can it's yeah. not a gender neutral term, but I use it as though it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it was a
1: choice I decided to make. Yeah. And that was actually while I was on Tumblr that I decided to make that choice, but i I felt like it was accurate to what I was using <laughs> it for. So that's the way I decided <laughs> to use it.
0: Beth as gunslinger, is that not perfect? Oh god. With her, yes. like the moment, the, we're, we're just completely off topic from where we started. But this is, you know what, this is how Wisconsin, late night Wisconsin conversations in hotels go. This yeah. is, mm-hmm. you, are being in, you, you are being kind of inducted into the club. This is, this is what happened to you Please, your first time. Take yes, this this your is first happened Wisconsin happened. Time. First time. We yep. get into ridiculous, okay. rambling, drunk conversations. Oh, and it's like almost 3.30 in the morning. Uh, I have yeah. a 10 o'clock panel where I have oh, to be coherent. Yeah. It's going to be.
3: Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's something, it something
0: that, something. If you're, on, if you're on, if you're on, if you're on programming at something like Wisconsin, mm-hmm. it teaches you to just be coherent. Super sleep deprived, mm-hmm. and, cross the, and also it's Monday. Nobody's yeah, going to be in their right mind. Monday. Anyway, yeah. that moment, Thank you. and I think I, I wrote this before Slapdown. Yeah no 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 i didn't i didn't i wrote it right after slab town i i i wrote the demon moon as I, th- I started at the beginning of season five and i wrote it as season five was ramping up so i wrote it as as beth's arc in season five was slowly unfolding and i stopped not too long after coda because i just couldn't anymore and also I... I was writing i'll be yours for a song and it was like yeah. we will have your whole brain now thank you yes And, I mean, you've read all the years for a song. Yes. Imagining Mm -hmm. switching back and forth between that. No. And Demon Moon. And it's not just switching tenses. (laughs) It's way more than that. Yes. But, but, like, forget Demon Moon even exists. Pretend I never wrote it. And then, like, go back to Slabtown and imagine the scene where she's, like... It's not just that she's making headshot after headshot. This is the thing I think people miss. And the people who are like, that scene didn't mean anything, really miss this. What the? How do you miss that? I have have a friend who is otherwise quite smart and very insightful, and she and I have had wonderful deep conversations about plot and writing. And she's super smart, and I do not want to badmouth her because she was at my wedding and I love her and she's one of my oldest friends. She does not understand this scene. On a really deep level, she doesn't understand this scene. She doesn't understand what the scene is meant to be. She doesn't understand how it was written, how it was filmed, how it was scored. She doesn't understand anything about this scene. Beth wasn't just making headshot after headshot. She was aiming with the muzzle flashes. Mm-hmm. She was using those flashes of light to pick her next target. Do you have any idea how inhuman that is? Like, that is That's... I kill
1: with my heart,
0: Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Frankly,
1: I don't think that that's inhuman at all. I think that is that is intensely human because you're. I mean, you're in a you're in a dark space. Yeah, you have muzzle flash. Oh, yeah, that's the only. Source that's all you've able. got. So you've got a really. I mean, that it's is pure like, instinct. You're it's, not thinking. Yeah, exactly. It's the that more human than human stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, and yeah, not yeah. that that's. Yeah. I mean, I I think we all have. I imagine that we all have a basic understanding of the fact that when we get into intense adrenaline charged situations, that the reason we are charged with that adrenaline is to give us that hyper focus to be able to
0: do that kind of thing. Right. We make decisions without actually thinking about them. Later, we think about the decision. Mm -hmm. If you talk to people who play football, they'll say that like they (laughs) made the decision, and then later they understand the decision. Yes.
3: So I, uh, I recognize this as a martial art. That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. a gun martial art. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how any martial art is practiced, which is to say that they, they, they call upon you to be focused and aware of the details in a flash at each moment. I'm
0: sorry. Have you read The Dark Tower? Yeah.
3: Okay, just it sure. I sure have. Just yeah. it sure. I right. figured, I know right. we probably talked uh, about it, but I couldn't remember. And I think that has made me come back to The Dark Tower and recognize that this the gunslinger's nightly arts of the gun is like a martial art.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it absolutely tower. is. It's yeah. how it's being written.
3: and uh, And it's lovely and wonderful because there's so few... Discussions of the gun as a martial art beyond being good at shooting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, like,
0: with, with a yeah. gunslinger, it's a, way, it's a way of life. Right. Yeah.
3: It's totally, it's about awareness and, and how you manage yourself.
2: It's and, about how yeah. you
0: move. It's about how you physically move through and engage with the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And with it, with it socially, too. Because a gunslinger has a very, a gunslinger is a knight. You have a uh-huh. very, very specific oh, yes. social place. Yes.
3: Yeah. Which is also why I think I automatically whited. Uh, Roland in the story, right? Like, yeah, no, you do some, that. Like you, you know, do that,
2: yeah. and,
3: and and I, um, you know, I had to do the same decuring of that, like because yeah. like, it has nothing to do with the setting, the source. Yeah,
0: you know? but but you know, as a white person growing yeah. up in a, in a white supremacist society, it's what you do. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm sorry, let me go back to Slabtown because Please. I have so many fucking feelings Please. about Slabtown, about that one okay. scene. Because honestly, you know, just to get back to TD for a minute, like that scene is one of the. If I had to do, like, a top five, I mean, like, I'm drunk and it's 3.30 and I don't think I could do a top five, but if you made me list some of the very few things that are the biggest things I think that serve as evidence for her not being dead, that scene is one of them, because that scene... No other character with the possible exception of Andrea back in season two, and even then it was kind of weak. I mean, they were clearly building her toward that until Mm -hmm. Mazara fucked it up and killed her. In the worst way, and then she kind of stopped being Andrea. She stopped being Andrea a long time before she, you know, got killed. But yeah. in terms of the comic book character, mm-hmm. being a really serious force, mm-hmm. it—you don't give a character a scene like that only to kill them because that scene is so iconic, myth building, all of those things. Like that, you know, you said you said that it's intensely human, and you're absolutely right because that that scene is. That seen as a person getting so deeply in touch with something inside themselves that they have never had access to before. And we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about, you know, okay, you know, Beth has been... Somebody asked me this once, and it was an amazing question, and I love that they asked it. And I think we've all kind of grappled with this question at one point or another. You know, like, we all know what, what Beth does for Daryl. We have talked about that. We talk about that constantly. What does Daryl do for Beth? And what Daryl does for Beth is Daryl helps Beth understand... The magic was in her all along. The the strength that she has, she doesn't fully appreciate until she really hangs out with Daryl for a while. Mm -hmm. And in the scene at the end of Slabtown, she is fully in touch with that strength, and she is fully in touch with what she's capable of. And it turns Mm -hmm. out that what she's capable of is something that no one else in Team Family can do. Nobody else in Team Family in that situation could have done that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Only her only her and it was you know it, you, you go back to the gunslinger litany and and the the gunslinger litany isn't just uh, guys help me for those who, who don't know it help me it's like uh, okay. I do not I do not aim I do not aim with my eye he who aims with his eye has forgotten the face of his father it's like I aim with my mind yes. I do not shoot with my hand he who shoots with his hand has forgotten the face of his father it's not a shoot with my heart because it's a kill with my heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Regardless. Yeah. It, a kill with my heart yeah. is the core. Look it, yeah, look it up. <laughs> look it up. The the um the whole point of the gunslinger litany is to remove the gun from the body. Mm. It's kind of like Izzy's video. It's kind of like Izzy's vid. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys, if you come to Wisconsin, go to the fucking vid show. It's fucking amazing. The vid show's amazing. Our friend Izzy had a Pacific Rim vid that changed my life in a small got it, way. Got it. Blown away. And the whole point of Izzy's vid was that with something like Pacific Rim, when you're in the drift, there is no difference between your body and a weapon. And the whole point of the gunslinger litany is like, there's not a gun and then you. You are the gun. Yeah. Your body becomes the weapon. I've got the litany. Read the litany. Okay. I do not and aim be true. <laughs>
3: remember the face. Of and
0: the be tr- father. Remember, the, remember, the, face of of remember your father. the face of my father.
1: I do not aim with my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I, I aim, aim with, with my, my eye. eye. I do not shoot with my hand. He who shoots with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I shoot with my mind. <sighs> I do not kill with my gun. He who kills with his gun has forgotten the face of his father. I kill with my heart. Oh, my fucking God. Stephen King
0: just dying to fight. <laughs> yeah. So much. That's, yeah. That book series is so flawed, and at the same time, I know I'm never going to write anything that good. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. No, it's so wonderful. Not everybody flawed. has to be Stephen King. Mm-hmm. No. It's so big and messy, and he writes himself into it. And it's
1: like, <laughs> I, I, I heard that, and there's no, a part but of me like, that goes...
0: What? No, see, the thing is, you say that, and you go, well, that's terrible, and honestly, speaking as a writer, and especially speaking as a writer who's had a story take over their life in a way that, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people say, oh, this took over my life. Eh. I'll be yours first song took over my life in a way that I'm still recovering from, like, literally still recovering, still recovering from as though from. it was traumatic. This time of year is rough for me.
2: Yeah.
0: It's almost rough for me in the sense that it's rough when a relative dies because I'm remembering writing it, and then I'm remembering losing it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was really hard for me, and it's hard for me to go back remembering writing it. Mm-hmm. And so I... Th- so you, are you, you were something?
3: a mess last year. Like, at
0: what Do time? you remember? Yes. And it was right about the time, because I started writing it in March. So right around this time of that year, I was, I was really deep into it. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the deepest part of it, and then I finished. You know, I finish it at the end of at the end of August.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: remember? Mm-hmm. We had this long, complicated talk about it because we both had so many feelings. We did, yeah. That yeah. having having written that, and very few writers are, you know, I'm not saying I'm so good as a writer because it has nothing to do really with talent. Very few writers are so fortunate and so privileged. As to be visited by a story like that. And I'm not Mm -hmm. just saying this because I'm drunk. I'm saying this because I really feel like this about that story. To have have something that deep in you Mm -hmm. come out of you. It isn't even something that you can be good enough to do. It happens to you if you're blessed enough for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like something you can't it's like Wisconsin. you can't describe it to somebody you have to experience it for yourself and and yeah. and if you try to describe it to somebody who hasn't experienced it it either sounds silly or it just doesn't sound that amazing having experienced it myself I understand how especially after having almost died and having this be the story that kind of brought him back
2: mm-hmm.
0: feeling like the story is bigger than me I'm part of the story the story is coming through me but this isn't my story. I understand why he put himself into it because at that mm-hmm. point he felt like he was just a part of something so much bigger than him. So yeah. narratively it wasn't perfect, but people interpreted his ego and it was yeah.
1: not ego. And the, the thing is, uh, when, I first heard, when I first heard that he had done that, I understood that that's what a lot of people thought, and quite frankly, back then, that's what I thought. It's okay. I three, kind of thought like, that,
0: too. It was understandable. Yeah. I mean,
1: it was a long time before oh, I read yeah. all the years for and so. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't even, I hadn't even I mean, read a can... whole lot of things by Stephen King at that point myself, anyway, and I was not a fan. I was not a fan until this last year. Mm. I think I remember... I yes, remember, well, because you like, were like, I was you, were like, what, you were like, what do you mean you don't like Stephen King? And I'm mm-hmm. like, um... Yeah. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I wasn't that. Um, you weren't quite that judgmental, but Absolutely. it's difficult to it, it, it's difficult to judge a person's tone over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. given the way you write and given the way you write even when you're just writing as yourself, oh yeah, you came across
0: it was mostly just that, like I, I know how people yeah. feel about Stephen King, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's underappreciated as a writer. Yeah.
3: Yes, dismissed for his prolificness. And, and I
0: wanted you to experience
1: yeah. what experience. have and I because I like you. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, you know, I I love you too. And I've Yay. loved, I've loved everything that I have read that you have written. Um, and I haven't even read, I haven't touched any of your professional work at this point. And that's fine. Okay. My but...
0: uh, my output is sort of. I'm sort of prolific. <laughs> I have gathered as much. I'm yes. a tad bit prolific. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. If okay. only that if only the prolificness translated into royalties. Only <laughs> 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 maybe someday. I but think any, my, I think of myself as any, persistently catching up on your personal you, yeah. life at the same way.
1: And it's, it's like it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and I but, never but, pulled it against it. But but, yeah, but, but anyway were, I I at that point i Trusted you through your and your opinions about others' writing through what I'd read of your writing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, and you gave me a good argument for checking out these specific books. And I had mm-hmm. the privilege and luck, the luck mm-hmm. of my library just happening to have the audiobook of Duma Key. Mm-hmm. It was and, Duma Key, Yeah, right, it was right, Duma right. Key. D- and that, that and I'm like, I opened up the, okay, actually, no, they had the, they had the hard copy they had a hard copy anyway yeah oh man and that's i got to ooh right that's i i have especially a
0: few. when you said that your problem with him was that he was really dry
1: yes and i but was that's like because i tried to read right. pet cemetery
0: and i was when you said that yeah. i wasn't like you're wrong i was like no. i know what part of his career you've been reading and i was yeah, like you mm-hmm. need to not read that part mm-hmm. of his career
1: yeah it, i would yeah it was pet cemetery in salem's
0: lot he when was, I was younger Super drunk and super high when he was writing that stuff. Mm. That was the that was when okay. he was in a seriously alcoholic period, oh, and some okay. people will say he did some of his best work then. Wait, I've read Salem's Law so many times. Like, I have yeah. yeah. feelings about that book. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's bad, but it's a, it's. You it, it, tell me about them sometime. Mm-hmm. It's a different Stephen King, you know. And mm-hmm. when, when people when... who say, "Well, that's better," Stephen King, don't say that because he was in a bad place when he wrote. No, it. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's the same. But it's a anything. different Stephen King, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. not the Stephen King I fell in love with. The Stephen mm-hmm. King I fell in love with was Gunslinger Stephen mm-hmm. King. Yeah, and you see what I mean. It's a absolutely. different.
1: It's a different. It's yeah. not a different writer, but it's a writer who's in touch with a different part of himself. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like what re- what really drew me to Key was the in the beginning of how he's describing the creative process. I mean, yes, he's talking about drawing, but as a I mean, as a writer, as a creator, it translates, mm-hmm. and that's what really drew me. That's what drew me in. And and you know by now what happened to him, right? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've read the whole thing. Yes. Understanding Duma
0: Key, you need to understand what happened to him to understand Duma Key. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you you know what happened to him, right, Jason?
3: Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're almost done.
3: Yes. Yeah, that guy shows that
0: guy shows up in the Dark Tower series, and people thought that that was resentment, and it was like, no, it was trying to express that this moment Mm -hmm. in his life meant so much to him. mm -hmm. This guy was a character in his story, Mm -hmm. and not in a throwaway sense, but in a this person's life and my life came together in a really important way Mm at this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry, shut up, do Mickey.
1: Oh, I was done. Okay, I, I I was done. But, oh my I hate, God, I'm Jim sorry, I, I, like, I try not I mean, to I talk a, over people. It's okay, I mean, I could actually continue talking about key a little bit. I find that the, the here, let's, the here, let's, okay, spoiler alert for everybody, I'm about to talk about some of what happened at the end of mm-hmm. Um Okay. Because I will like, well, probably not be cutting this much, if at all. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but within, at the end of the story, it has always bothered me when people decide they're going to do something to imprison a mystical force, especially in the way that they tried to do, because and they're right in the way yeah. they have done it. Yes, they made it incredibly difficult to get out. But what the one thing that bothered me about the way they did it was they left no instructions explaining what the fuck it was or how to fix it for the next person that it came across you it. You really ought to do that because you know there's going to be another
2: person. There, yes, Your there's always there's another person. Be that. You always
1: leave a message that is gonna. I mean, seriously, engrave it in us on a in a silver plate. On that fucking thing inside yeah. mm-hmm.
3: You make even, a holy order whose job it is to pass it to down the generations. Even, you know? even, if you have
0: to. <laughs> if it's bad enough. If it's yeah, bad and up, that yeah. thing is bad enough. Yeah. Even given that with every horror sequel we ever we've ever seen, mm-hmm. we know oh, yeah. someone's gonna disregard that
1: warning. Mm. Oh, someone's yeah.
0: gonna kill that order. It's gonna get out anyway. At least <clears> make <throat> a good faith effort, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And that I mean, yes, that. <sighs> I'm so, so glad that you... I'm so, so
0: glad that you actually took a chance on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me Do, too. Because
0: Doom, Doom and Key was really important to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's... To drag this back to The Walking Dead, I mean, that's like... One of the reasons why I really want to finish Demon Moon is that... That image of Beth, which again, I wrote that, I wrote that before Coda... That mm-hmm. was my image of Beth prior to Coda. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, hmm. Her as gunslinger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I feel like that's, that's so. Assuming she survives and we see her again, that sense of jo- the joining of person and weapon is going to be so significant. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of feelings about that. And I feel like they're feelings that the fandom as a whole, as a whole, Individual people within it have grappled with it in a way that I think is appropriate and useful. But as a whole, I feel like the fandom hasn't really... Like, people talk about her coming back as all sweetness and light. Hmm. And you don't go through what she went through no. and have that no. happen. No, it won't. No, be. No. So,
3: no, As you keep talking about her as the gunslinger, I keep remembering the moment in the prison where she loses the guy that she's dating. And she's like, I, I just... Yes, yeah. and I, just, I, don't, I don't
0: cry I anymore. don't cry anymore, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, that right? scene. And, and not I, just because I, of the hug, but because of what that says about her.
3: hmm mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking of that of that as, like, a necessary ingredient of her being a gunslinger. Like...
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, just being able to go, yes, this is, accept, step on, yeah. be where you are, do what you need yeah. to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is the situation. This is what you need to do. hmm yeah. I mean, one of the things about... And Eddie Dean in the Gunslinger, and Eddie in the Dark Tower books, talks about this over and over and over again mm-hmm. in a way that's really poignant. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's one of those one of those situations where where King is kind of speaking through his characters because you know a character like Roland you start really feeling about this like this is somebody separate from you like you know you love this person you know this person is intensely romantic in this in the kind of the classic sense of romance sweeping yeah. emotions passions honor dishonor you know this person is also cold in such a horrible horrible way mm-hmm. and and it's just. Yeah, it's I I I feel like if we see Beth again, it's she's not going to be all sweetness and light. I mean, there some of that might survive, but you know how Jesus there there's there's a scene I forget what the episode the name of the episode is, but there's this the scene where they go to the Savior outpost. Savior, so drunk. They go. I'm actually not that drunk, but I'm drunk enough that talking is difficult. They go to the Savior outpost. And there's that scene where Jesus kills a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. Ninja style. Yeah. Because it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he just looks at them and says, Welcome to the next world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's Jesus who says that. And Jesus Mm -hmm. is Jesus of the cinnamon rolls is one of the purest. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. I I found that
1: that moment right there. You know why that scene's important.
0: You know why that scene's important. Mm -hmm. And that line's important. It's 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 Jesus is Jesus is an important character and I feel like a lot of people don't understand why, because he's so good and he's so sweet. Not, mm-hmm. in a, not in a cheesy sense, in a like in a really deeply human sense. He understands what goodness is and he understands what evil is. And it, by the way, it's one of the reasons why I think it's so meaningful, that he has the capacity to be horrified by what Daryl does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he that he can yeah. be horrified mm-hmm. anymore, yeah. because he knows what it uh, means.
1: As a, I, I've, I've actually just kind of hit upon what I love about... Um, Jesus, actually, because, I mean, as, as an archetype kind of figure, mm-hmm. I like the Assassins. It, 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 it is my Achilles heel. I love the Assassins. Either being one, uh, metaphorically speaking, or, oh God, sorry, that's my, ga- my game type. Anyway, um. yeah, but no, um, he is another... Uh, subset of my favorite there. I, he's kind of a paladin assassin. Yeah. Yes. Which is a really interesting mix yes, of character types, it isn't is. it? You it don't is. normally see those two together. No, you don't, but it's one of my favorites. You, see ah, him, you so see, cool. You see it in Thank Assassin's
3: you. Creed. That's that's you what you do. You do. Uh, that's, that's the thing where you true. see it. Do you, though? hmm
1: Yeah. I, I'll like, stick wait, with that, because they're... they're which, is, which Assassin's Creed, though? I mean... I would God, okay. I've only I've only played the first one and I've, I've only played the game. first one. Oh, too. The first one I would go back and play it over and over. mostly because I, I love the setting. It's so beautiful. It
3: is. I could say a lot. And I think the first one is about him learning to be uh, how important the creed is to being an assassin and not mm. just killing people. But yeah. like the the, the 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 intense roles that they play that yeah. that you lead to. And then yeah. and then Ezio in the second one is like uh, quintessential um paladin assassin i
1: couldn't get into him mm. uh, it I, takes a while yeah
3: yeah really yeah it does it does because at first he's a kid and I the point is that he's a kid and he's cocky and he's italian yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. cocky and italian mm-hmm. both of those things yes yeah
3: anyway yeah. anyway that, that that's a digression but yeah i get you on paladin assassin's what i'm trying to say
1: yeah <clears throat> i like the contrast yeah yeah um mm-hmm. yeah. the way that you can blend them Yeah, Uh, but yeah, and that is very much Jesus. Yes, it is. Yeah, I like that very
2: much.
0: And i I think, I think that you would again. It's so I hate. I've said I hate predicting in terms of specificity because I just think it's. I think it's a mugs game. I think Mm -hmm. there's no way to win there. No. And I'm uncomfortable putting. I'm uncomfortable putting money down on any specific thing because I've been wrong so many times. But I feel personally that, assuming Beth comes back. She's going to be more of a Jesus character in that she's going to be very, she's going to be good. She's going to know what goodness is. But she's also going to understand that in the next world, you fucking kill people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you just do it. Mm -hmm. You just do it. And and, and that, to me, is so gunslinger. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like I keep bringing those two worlds together because I think they're such good fits. They
1: are. They like really are. They, I mean, they're seriously, almost natural can... crossovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take the ca- the entire cast of The Walking Dead and stick them in the Dark Tower world. and
0: Have that, the have fallen the level, world. Have that be one of the levels of the Tower. Mm. It's a world yeah. that's moved on. Mm-hmm. It
3: has
0: it's, moved on. It is a world that has moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: It's and just, they're serving the yeah. beam,
0: <laughs> you know. Like I really yeah. want Gimbal to write it like that. Like, I want, I want, want Gimbal to write them all looking up at the sky, and there are the clouds making that pattern. You want the,
3: you want that to be there all along the watchtower moment, where like, yes. <laughs> you know, they I've realize heard. what world they're in.
0: <laughs> now you're giving me Battlestar Galactica. This is the most pan-fandom podcast <laughs> I think I've ever
1: fucking done. It's awesome. I'm yeah, it.
0: okay. yeah, no, because like that's the moment of Battlestar Galactica that probably gave me the biggest biggest chills ever because mm-hmm. it took me until then to realize what the hell was going on with those lyrics <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it took me a long time yeah. I've actually not watched near I've, I've caught like a few episodes of the re, uh, the reboot series that they did yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I actually oh, so caught a few good. episodes of very the uneven, original so good. the original series. series is an experience too yes just I, yeah. I, I, I a very different one <laughs> it was marathoning one day after Thanksgiving and it, it was the best thing on television so I watched it yeah.
3: all day sci-fi channel uh, the same yes experience. that was
1: great mm-hmm uh, I didn't catch it all day, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I didn't experience enough. I about think I that. the
3: all day one, and then like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna do this at my goddamn leisure. Like, awesome.
0: <laughs>
3: but yeah, yeah, awesome. <sighs> um, oh god, can, so can I talk about the stand right now? You then? can talk about yeah, yeah, the please. stand. All right, you can talk
0: about the stand after I go to the bathroom. Okay, okay. talk amongst yourself. Okay. okay, all right. And I'll cut it or not. Then.
1: So, so how shall we fill in the airspace?
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um. God, I don't, uh, I mean, uh, I read a lot of Stephen King at this point, like, uh-huh. so you've just started? Yeah, I, like? I just
1: started, yeah. Okay. I, I, let's see, okay, so it, for me it's been Duma Key and everything up to and Glass and the Dark Tower. Okay. Um, I, the where I've left off is, like, like, attention in, tension in the small town is, like, just at that major breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's right where you can tell there's gonna be a major challenge down at the O.K. Corral, and... Mm-hmm. So I
3: I, I want to come back I, okay because I I I kind of snoozed through a lot of Wizard and Glass and I want to come mm-hmm. back to it because I also um, uh I connected my mind with um with Helm's Deep, uh-huh. like the 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 the, the yeah. sort of tension of the the assault on Helm's Deep, okay. which is something that I've come to appreciate so much more as an adult than I did when I was struggling through the Lord of the Rings as a mm-hmm. teenager. And, yeah. Um, and That's a good word. I I yeah, um and. I love that story of, you know, the, the tense town under assault and the, you know, the desperate defense uh, of the few powerful uh, visitors
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, able to muster those, the, the last ditch. Yeah. Um, and
0: I look like so much more of a dude with that makeup on. I love it. I'm just real happy about it. You look like you, and mm-hmm. you're pretty either way. Thank right. you. You're, you're welcome. Back. Anyway. Cool. Welcome back. Thank you for um, having me be back.
3: Okay, so we talked about this some in the car, but... And
0: again, sorry, I want to emphasize, it's almost four in the morning. I am not tired, but the second you need to kick us out, please do so. Yeah.
1: Do you know how difficult it would be? I, I am loving the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: dude. Uh-huh.
1: Yay. <gasps> oh my God, like, like, I have wait, to well, drive. like... I, Eventually I'll have to drive tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
0: Like on, honestly, yeah, kind of well,
1: like kinda like I think this is like,
3: rejuvenating. Yes.
0: This you know? is the last night of Wiscon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't get this again for now. No, we year. won't. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, going yeah. re- I'm going to right. Con. I'm going to ReaderCon. I'm going to Iqva probably. I'm going to other cons, but cool. other cons are not Wiscon. Yeah, this yeah. is
3: Calvin and Hobbes at the end of summer vacation. One more yeah. hour, please. <laughs> <You laughs> exactly. I'm feeling the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
0: yes. Just yes. like I, yes. I can't yes. leave. Now it's just getting cool. We're about to talk about the stand. Right? Talk about the stand, Jason. Okay, so
3: the stand is maybe the thing that I've the most of you know the most times out of Stephen King's <laughs> work, um, that and the Talisman because I keep coming back to the Talisman. You know I've never
0: read the Talisman and key. I know I really need to. It
3: Gives me complicated feelings about everything, but um, but um, I've read the Stand a lot. Um, and God, that book. Um, wait, and, the,
0: do you prefer the expanded version of oh. all the unnecessary stuff, quote unquote?
3: <laughs> that's a, is that a rhetor- yes? Yes, because yes, yeah, that was the first
0: what, version I read.
3: That me too. Yeah. That's what I keep coming yeah, back to. Yeah, all
0: too. the unnecessary, which is. T- it is. It. It's important. It is. It's all important. It's um, all. You can read it without it, but it's so much better when it's there.
3: It's important in the same way that the slow scenes and the character scenes and the B-side characters are important in The Walking Dead yes. because um, that's what's important when the world falls. Yeah.
0: Do you technically need them? No. But right. they really matter.
3: Right. Um, all right, so, so. so The Stand is about a fallen world, yeah. and it's about the people struggling to coalesce after that. And The Stand is much more limited in who survives the fallen world than The Walking yeah. Dead is. Um, in the sense that they really only end up being enough for two camps.
0: Yeah. Or at least, at least only those people are called. Like I, I would. In America. I would love, well in America, honestly, total aside. Yeah. It really bothers me and they may or may not, God, who knows how long this series is going to go, but I really wonder what's going on in Europe.
3: I've said many times that I want like a Russian
0: story. I want what's or, going. The Russia uh, so big yeah. Or
3: like a Mediterranean story, a Middle East
0: story. What's going on in sub-Saharan Africa? Oh my God! I thought that's so many. Things. Like like so many post-apocalyptic scenarios are just mainland America. What's going on in South? What's going on in the Philippines? What's going on in Southeast Asia? What's going on in Australia? Yeah, Maybe sure. you ever? Either of you ever play Mad Pandemic? Yeah. Madagascar yeah. just shuts everything down the second anybody coughs. <laughs> what if Madagascar is totally fine? Uh, right. I kept having to reset and reset and reset that game so it started in Madagascar so I could fucking get the whole world. You start the plague in Madagascar, mm-hmm. and then you get everything. If you start anywhere else, Madagascar is like, someone's coughing, shut down the airports, and you never get Madagascar. Yeah.
3: You're talking about Plague, Inc., where you spread the disease yourself. Is it's called right?
0: Pandemic, but yes. No, Pandemic is the one where you're fighting the disease. No, it's the one where you are the disease.
3: That's plague Inc.
0: No, that's a pandemic, Jason. Okay. <laughs> you, are, you are incorrect, Jason, and uh, if you do Google search, you will find that I am right.
3: I'm going to wait for the apology message. That's what I'm going to wait for. <laughs> that's what gonna, you know.
0: Anyway, that was a total depression. <laughs> what is going on with The Stand, Okay, so Jason? What is one of the,
3: the reason I bring this up is because um, I've been thinking about The Stand. I thought about The Stand almost yeah. nonstop during, uh, during Season 7 of The Walking Dead. Um, because these are both fallen worlds and because they're We about never the got
0: deep people. enough into it on the car ride because we had mm-hmm. to go find a million bustier. Continue. That's true, we did. <laughs> Continue. Um,
3: <laughs> but, um, but they're both fallen worlds and they're both about the coalescing of people afterwards and the right. idea, and the values and ideas that matter that, that right. people organize right. around. Who
0: does this group represent? Who does this group represent?
3: hmm And then, and they both, um... And I keep thinking of it in this season because the, because they have this such this this overwhelming scary force in Negan, which fits right in with the uh, the the Randall Flag forces in the stand. Uh, yeah, you know, the
0: Me- Negan and Flag kind of are very. In fact, I don't want to make any spoilers for Howl, but it's possible I've connected those two characters in my head. <laughs> Remotely possible. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay.
3: Um, but I thought of that over and over when, um, when Eugene went over to the other side.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, because one of the central features of the plot of the stand is about members of the good side that don't fit, mm-hmm. that are afraid, that are upset and isolated and angry and let things fester inside themselves.
0: The weak people. Like Morgan says, the weak people. The weak people, yeah. Not the good of the bad people, but the weak people.
3: That find themselves free over with the other side, with the yeah. dark side, with yeah. the, the side that makes the weak people feel safe in a hierarchy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and valuable, right? Right? And the
0: valuable is important. sense yeah. of being valued, of having a place. Right. Having they a were, job to do.
3: They were eye-rolling. In, bo- both in The Stand and this, uh, uh, that character was eye-rolled for like, you know, like, oh, you're funny, but, you yeah. know. You're yeah. near on the edges. Yeah, And then they come over to the other side and they're valuable. They're crazy. They're inventive. They're, yeah, you know.
0: I can't believe I didn't connect Eugene to that kind of storyline because it's a total fit. Mm-hmm. There's almost a Eugene-type character
1: in The Stand. Mm-hmm. You haven't read The Stand. I haven't read it, but I've seen the movie except that was ages ago. It was mm-hmm. over ten years ago. <gasps> the movie with Gary Sinise? Uh, I've, I've only been aware of one
0: movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was one of the Garrisonese. I have a lot of feelings about that, but mostly because of it, I really like Garrisonese. It's okay. a decent adaptation, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there is, a, there is a very Eugene type character in the stand, except mm-hmm. Eugene in the Eugene in the, well, really in the show, not so much in the comics. Is mm-hmm. is a much, mm-hmm. I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. Let me know whether or not you agree, but I think he's a much better person
3: than in the books. Or what do you I, mean?
0: I think, I think Eugene on the show yeah. is a much better person much better than, person. you know, I honestly can't remember his name, but you know what character I'm talking about I in do. the books. No,
3: Eugene is trying. He recognizes. Eugene, Eugene
0: is really trying.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not festering with hatred at other people in his no, group. No, you no, know? when he gives
0: and it says, I am Negan, it's because he's trying to protect the wives. Yeah. hmm So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And he's conflicted, and that's yeah. not the same thing as the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. anyway, you were saying, I'm sorry. Hmm. So Sean's you know,
3: you know, uh, and uh you know, there's still this question of what's gonna happen with Eugene, you know, how loyal he is to yeah. you know, to rightness and whether he wants to do this stuff, but um but um from what I know understand, these stories of traitors are really important in the stripped down world. Yeah. Uh, the stories of, you know, somebody who finds themselves with the evil and, and brings the secrets and invents He's. I mean, he's going to make it harder for them to do anything. But immediately, yeah. poor. Uh, there's, there's this some minor suggestion he makes to pour metal on top of walkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To like hold them together and also make them more badass. And mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. loves it immediately. And he's like, mass production. We're doing this everywhere. But yeah. but it also is like just instantly going to make things a lot harder for mm-hmm. anyone that that deals with them. Yeah. And that's just yeah. the kind of stuff that happens.
0: But then there's also the thing where. I think i might be slurring actually at this point um there's (laughs) anybody you listen when i listen to this after i have to edit it's gonna be so funny Mm -hmm. there's also the thing and i really hit on this and in fact i think i hit on this i still think it'll be big later but i hit on it as big immediately more than it ended up being Mm -hmm. the bit where eugene is talking to the wives about making a bomb I swear to fucking God that's going to come back.
1: Yeah. Oh, they absolutely. Wouldn't,
0: right. They wouldn't just they wouldn't out. just. Right? They wouldn't
1: stick that in there just to not do anything. Oh, by later. the
0: way, I can make a bomb. Yeah. Look at it. Isn't it fun, wives? Let's mm. all dance around.
1: It's so fun. Eugene You, yeah. you made a bomb. No, yeah. that's going to be a bigger deal. It later. is going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually more worried that... I'm worried that there's going to be some situation where one of the wives is kind of stuck in a situation and spills the beans that Eugene knows how to do that kind of thing. <gasps> yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Because... I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. But not even I just because of Eugene, but I
0: want the wives to like, you know, I want it to be like Fury Road. Like I want mm-hmm. the wives oh, to stick yes, together. Oh my the wives. God. I want oh, that so much. Right. We yeah. do, I, I keep screaming about how this season is, is 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 like Mad Max Fury Road. Fury, I can talk. Fury Road in the zombie apocalypse. Like mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the women are amazing. All the men are like, oh, I guess I'll find if I have to.
1: Mm. Yeah. I have, yeah, of all the things that I didn't catch, uh, the one one of the things I, that I did was the conversation between Michonne and Rick, when she's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you going along with all this?" Right? I have oh my god, I had so many feelings about that. Mm. You know, Michonne is a Michonne is a fucking goddess. She's amazing. amazing. Mm. She is and not just um, because
0: of, of her relationship with Rick, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah but she's, she's in her
1: own right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, and I I see the in in that particular instance. I mean, I'm seeing. The conflict between the two of them mm-hmm. on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the, uh, particularly on the race and the sex level. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the ge- gender really. Yeah. But because I mean, because like seriously, I mean, she is a she is a black woman. You have to. Who has had to deal here. with this mm-hmm. kind of shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her entire life, and then suddenly, boom! Society is gone. Can you? I mean, seriously, can you imagine what that must be like? Society is gone. The predominantly white society is gone. So mm-hmm. white people everywhere, because fuck. Yeah, and there are white but, people
0: who are, have been have been raised in and are still embedded in white yes, supremacist but, ways of thinking. Yes,
1: but, but, but the, the overall way. structure is not there. Anymore. Exactly. What's I mean, the, the, I, the, mean the, I mean, the, that's that's like an opportunity.
0: That's opportunity to start over in so yeah. many different ways. There are police people who used to be cops, but in
1: terms of cops, they're not really. There's cops no police force anymore. No. Mm-hmm. There isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but. And then, like, she, and then, okay, so she's, she's got her family, she's got all this stuff going on now. And then this asshole rolls in and brings <laughs> up this fucking shit times five. And it's like, right. what the fuck? And she's right. not gonna fucking stand for it. And I love that. Mm. And Rick's just like, well, we'll just go along with it. And I'm like, dude, Rick, you just, you, you don't get it. And you, <laughs> there's no way you're gonna get it in the way that she gets it. Cause yeah. fuck. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> no, but it's
1: mm-hmm. the the people.
0: Again, I'm drunk.
1: Yeah, I also and I also gotta say I but. feel kind of pretentious <laughs> bringing up race like that because I, I feel pretentious. Okay, about it I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
0: not... sorry. I'm sorry. Have you noticed where we are?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You noticed that we went to a panel today that was all about race, about not being about race. Yes. Okay, so you're at WISCON. It's all about race. Just letting you know, you're at Wisconsin. Okay. It's all in the race.
3: No, I, I like the way you brought it up, because I feel like, you know, I feel like, okay, I keep thinking of this story as a story of, of like, the, of like what's, what happens to Southern values after the fall of the world. Mm. Like, this is set in the South, and it's about characters from the South. By the way,
0: the sorry south, to interject, south. I find it really interesting that it went from Georgia, and again, you know, the South is not homogenous. Sure, no. It went from Georgia, and being in Maryland, by the way, has given me a really weird perspective on what the South means. Interesting. Because, I mean, Maryland, where I live, I'm trying to think of a map in my head. Where I live is either very close to the Mason-Dixon line or right Mm -hmm. below the Mason-Dixon line. Okay. And it's really interesting to think about the South Mm -hmm. as homogenous when it's not like there's a a quantitative South-ness, Mm-hmm. But I do think that that culturally culturally and historically there's a difference between like deep Georgia and Virginia, super close to the mason dixon line like there there's a difference yeah. there yeah. it's interesting to me that they've gone from like Atlanta suburbs exurbs to Virginia, where you know Alexandria is super close to d c like i'm within like i don't know like thirty forty minutes of alexandria i'm so mm-hmm. close. Huh? Oh. Culturally, it really might as well. Northern Virginia, Fairfax County is, I mean, that's where all the rich fucking people live. Like, that's, that's the reason why my cost of living is so high. Mm-hmm. Everybody there is rich and white. And, and it's like, that's not really the South, but they've gone from, it's technically the South, so they've gone from Georgia to Fairfax County. I think, I'm going to be- embarrass myself and be wrong about this, but it's Fairfax County, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So it's still the South, but it's just such different kinds of South. It just fucking, it fucks with me. They haven't really gone into that in any real serious detail, but it fucks with me.
3: Wow. I'm realizing. Sorry,
0: I completely derailed that. No,
3: that's fine. I just, I didn't realize how close they were to DC and like. Oh
0: yeah, they're within mm. like five fucking minutes of DC. not, not right. they're not quite that close, but like a relatively easy metro ride, they're mm. super close. I
3: just the whole question of what DC is like really, really is on my mind, you know, has been on my mind for the mm-hmm. whole show, like, you know. Like, how, what happened to the central government?
0: D.C. is there in the background. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what happened there. That's true. We don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. In um, the comics, they do go there. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, that was after I stopped reading. Mm-hmm. I only know... All I know is that it's a wasteland, like every other city. But, yeah. Right, yeah. Of course it is. But, but it the is, way that
3: it's a wasteland. But it is, <laughs>
0: it, is, it, is, it is still there. It is still there. It's an unexplored, it's an unexplored space. It's D.C., Mm-hmm. And I just would like to remind everybody that Beth didn't pick up a spoon that said Alexandria, Virginia. She picked up a spoon that said DC, mm. and kept it. Mm. Have we seen DC on the show yet? We have not, not. at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So I'm trying to. Okay. The uh, the point at which Abraham picks up a fucking Uzi. No, wasn't Wait. The what? rocket launcher. This the rocket, rocket launcher was oh, right. right. that in DC? Mm. No. Nope. No, okay. Yeah. I don't think...
3: I the rock and I'm I a soldier. Don't think,
0: I, don't, I, think were, think we've, I think we've
1: been a, in within rough view of D.C., but I don't think yeah. we've been into D.C. at all. Yeah, mm. that, that might have been like on the highways and freeways, like on the way into, maybe? It was maybe. definitely on the highway. Yeah, it was, oh, absolutely it mm. was on the highway. Yeah, because yeah. it was in a pile-up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I <sighs> kind of love that scene. I mean, jeez. It's a good oh, scene. It is a very good scene. Is he out with Sasha yeah like they're, um, they're together. Yeah, he was out there with Sasha and he or
3: declares or his interest like
0: that's always um, accountable yeah huh? I mean it's it's that episode they're kind of edging mm-hmm. yeah in okay. Direction.
3: yeah I keep thinking about what I keep thinking about their relationship because like a I, I didn't see it coming and b I'm trying to figure out what it's saying like
1: mm. you know what I'm still not sure you know you what know. actually I, think, uh, I theory um mm-hmm. i remember i yep, remembering uh, remembering back like it, it way back earlier in uh season early in season six when they're all on the road do you mind if i steal some of your water go for it i feel like i should probably start later yeah go yeah go ahead great yeah um i promise i have
3: two okay they're all on the road this is um post-termis?
1: Anyway, so, uh yeah this is this is post post Grady where they're all on the road yeah um and everybody's just Fucking falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point, like, they're at that point where like Abraham, um, I, I think it's like Abraham's drinking and he offers her he offers her some liquor there. Mm-hmm. And, th- and I think this was after she kind of had her. I'm gonna go fight the walkers. After they're like, no, we're exhausted. We're doing the strategy thing. Don't fuck this up. This mm-hmm. is Sasha. Yeah. Okay. You, you remember? Th- you remember that when like when Sasha like. Gets into it and nearly gets a, gets herself killed again. I need at, for, at the bridge, I need to uh, the mm-hmm. when they were when they were at the bridge, they'd been followed. They basically garnered a herd following them, and they were all exhausted. They couldn't really fight them, mm-hmm. so the plan was to just get all the walkers onto the bridge and shove them off. Okay, um, and and Sasha decided, okay, I'm gonna take my I'm gonna go fight them while I'm exhausted and don't have the support. And am, forced them to break, basically forced them to break ranks and get. And I'm vaguely remembering plans. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was,
0: uh, to be honest, I've only seen that episode mm-hmm. bo- beginning to finish once, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and okay. I think I've only watched it in bits since then. Okay. So I really need to stand and watch it from start to finish. Okay,
1: I think that was when we saw the the beginning of the Abraham and Sasha thing. That's I think when that's when oh yeah, the that's first that's the start noticed her. that's at, the start. At, at, at the same time, um, I don't remember who it was that spoke up talking about how drinking alcohol wasn't going to help. Well, somebody spoke up and said, that's What are you help. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they said? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, they <laughs> spoke up, and I, if I recall correctly, I believe it was Sasha that spoke up and said, it yeah. doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Which really, on like, some kind of fucked up level, it's like, yeah, she, it's like... it." it Looking at that, it's like Abraham's recognizing, okay, here's this chick that's got a lot of anger issues and she likes to fight with these things and mm-hmm. I connect to that. Okay. And then she did, and then she, if I'm recalling correctly, and this is mm-hmm. 50-50, frankly, she didn't try to, essentially she didn't try to control him yeah. um, through suggestion when he starts drinking, mm-hmm. which also kind of speaks to a certain amount of enabling, but Yeah,
0: yeah. You could do a whole other essay on this show, and various kinds of yeah, sorry. see various kinds of substance abuse, because yeah. alcohol is used in so many different situations in so mm-hmm. many different ways. I mean yeah. it's in, in terms of, in terms of coping in terms of community building, in terms mm-hmm. of two people connecting in moments of really serious stress mm-hmm. and isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, there's, there's, there's the example you're describing. There's still,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I feel like there's got to be a couple moments of Merle and Daryl, mm. and uh,
1: it's that or it's implied. Uh, with Merle, it's uh, it's not explicitly stated, but is heavily implied to the point of you Yeah. There's. Oh, or it,
0: or uh, um. Rick and <clears throat> Herschel, because there's, there there's that really interesting, like, half episode in the mm-hmm. bar when Rick yeah. comes out to find Herschel. Yeah. And they meet that, <laughs> this always gave me kind of a weird little, hey, homeboy. Um, these mm-hmm. characters who are supposed to be from Philadelphia. hmm <laughs> And it's like, your accent does not track, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but props to you for trying. Um, you know, that, that but that moment especially given the background we've been given about how Herschel deals mm-hmm. with alcohol as a way of coping and the fact yeah. that he retreats to that in this moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that this is the point at which they meet these people, there's just, uh, like, there's, yeah, there's this whole other thing to be written about alcohol and trauma in The Walking Dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It also just makes wanted makes to talk about it. it. Yeah, no, it also makes sense to me. Because you only see, like, other substances that are available to be abused, which is why Merle had them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the first season, and that's—I mean—I think that's just kind of telling, based on like the whole nature of that. I mean, all of, a lot of those substances. I mean, they're processed. You got to make them. It takes mm-hmm. time. You got to know how to do it. You got to you know—you got to know your chemistry. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, we're and, is a big thing. here. Yeah. So like, really, alcohol. I mean, come on. You—it's made in large quantities. It is easily accessible. Mm-hmm. It's not illegal, so it's easier to find. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's like the go-to thing because that's huh. what's available. And it's easier to make. Mm-hmm. As far like, as I'm aware, I don't actually know that any of that from experience. Like uh, two
3: other characters that drink uh, in the show are, um, uh, what's his name, Spencer?
0: Uh, mm. in
3: Alexandria? The one that steals stuff from the pantry?
0: And... Oh man, Spencer? Spencer. I, think, I he, think it was, he, he, he least... drink, yeah, he walked around with a bottle.
1: Like, well, he oh, at the very no, least he he, he, got he hid stuff for the saviors. At the very yeah. least, he hid stuff. Uh, he hid yeah. stuff for the saviors. He had also been smug He had also been squirreling away supplies from the pantry. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in time where he he was. I don't. I don't recall him being a heavy drinker. However, there was an episode where he decided, "I'm gonna just get the fuck drunk."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't remember what triggered that. I think it was his. Oh yeah, his dad. His dad died. I think. Mm-hmm. Am I thinking that Spencer's the, was, was Spencer one of Don's kids? Spencer, well, was Spencer, Dawn? no, Spencer was, somebody's got to correct me if I'm
0: wrong, but I think Spencer was Deanna's son? Yeah, Deanna's. Yeah, That's the I one
1: one I couldn't I remember talking. her name, Don, I was like, Please. I was
3: like, the congresswoman. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
1: was, he, was <laughs> he he was her old eldest son. Yeah, and yeah. so when, yeah, he, he decided to get, start drinking By the way,
0: I really wanted to like Spencer. Mm-hmm. The show denied me the ability to <laughs> like Spencer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm super pissed yeah. Yeah. about that. Don't yeah. blame you. I want to do too. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. up, up until the moment he really betrayed himself as a slime ball, mm. I was like, I like Spencer. Was that in season seven? Yeah. Spoiling. Yes. What happened? Yes. Well, God, it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it's, I... it's, it's, he became sort of, you know, it's, it's really. Did you the water? Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying not to get into the position where I'm really sick later on. Because especially because I have the 10 a.m. panel, I could be uh, going yeah, for Yeah, please don't get yourself. And then I have to do the sign out, and then I have to leave. Um, Spencer mm-hmm. is... It's one of the reasons why it's so interesting, especially as somebody who's lived in the D.C. metro area for about 10 years. It's one of the reasons why it is so interesting that this all be set near D.C. Mm-hmm. Even if D.C. and it don't directly you know, connect in any way yet. Mm-hmm. Is how people understand, relate themselves to, identify themselves with various kinds of in the absence of states, let's call it state power. So okay, let's kind of let's kind of take Spencer and Negan, put them aside for a minute and think about Trump and people around Trump in the mm-hmm. Trump era. Okay. So uh, a question that's been very interesting, um, that I think a lot of people have had to wrestle with, is the question
1: of. Should I be quiet for a minute? or you no, you're just good. adjusting. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to adjust the light a bit. I'm going to shut the, this, this lamp off and get this thing
3: on. I got you. I see what you Oh, it's
1: um, a good idea. So, And I, I should drink more water. I mean,
0: we
3: could, yeah. I mean, we could do that one too if it doesn't, because I know that one works.
1: Yeah, this one, it, it's, it's wanting so to work. Sure. It's just.
3: Ooh, but uh, this one gets glaring yeah. if we point it. It, it.
1: Yeah, point it upwards once it's gone. The
0: iPad itself also, did, also generates light. Well, let's
3: try this.
1: There we go.
0: That's fine. I like this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. It's, it's almost well. like a mm-hmm. campfire. Yeah. Okay, so I I think and this is the kind of thing honestly I do not credit Kirkman for coming up with. Mm-hmm. But and also it's one of the reasons why I wish I could I wish I could pin Gimple down and talk to him about his writing and and politics and how he feels about it personally. God, when I listen to this later, it's gonna become so clear how drunk I am.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: sorry everybody, I'm not cutting this because I love you and I want to be honest with you about who I am as a person. <laughs>
3: Um, it's real vulnerability.
0: The explorations of political power, mm-hmm. not directly connected to D.C., but kind of in the shadow of D.C., if you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially in the shadow of this administration, which, again, did not plan. Mm-hmm. How fucked up is that? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions that I've been... It's not just on the political podcasts I listen to, but I've been seeing a lot of people ask this question. You know, you have You have an administration like the Trump administration... You are a civil servant. You have a strong sense of civil service. You have a sense of mission regarding government. You think government should do... Regarding whether or not you think, you know, government should be a big government or a small government, like a, a large like a high, uh, an uppercase B or a lowercase C. Lowercase S is where I could spell. Regardless of what role government should play in these things, you think that your role as a part of this government is really important. And you are facing an administration like Trump's, which is really being... I mean, you saw the budget he put in place. Mm-hmm. Probably. You yeah. at least which, you least which heard one. about it. Right, which one. Yeah. Um, the, the most recent one is basically, basically guts everything, except for the military. Mm-hmm. Like, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it guts fucking everything. It's not going to pass, so... I, I pray to the gods it does not. Well, I mean, and, yeah. and, and, and uh, apparently
3: this Many Republicans is, have said it won't.
0: Yeah. No, but I mean, this, is, this apparently is, is normal. This is normal regardless of who's in office. The, you know, the, pre- the executive presents a budget, and then the legislative branch goes, <laughs> and then they pass their own thing. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, but with the budget in terms, of sim- in terms of symbolism and not practicality, the budget is like a statement of priority. Mm -hmm. The budget is, here's what we stand for, here's what we value as an administration. And apparently what the Trump administration values is tax cuts for the wealthy and fucking nothing else. Mm -hmm. So everything else gets cut.
1: Oh, God, it's like Trump's whole thing with becoming president was another giant way to make himself as much money as he possibly could. It's almost like that,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's strange at all. Well, yeah,
1: I know. I'm Thanks. being super <laughs> sarcastic. It's banana Republicans. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do actually appreciate a dry sense of humor. I just it, it's No, this is yeah. a
0: heavily inebriated sense of humor. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Seriously, I'm really
3: saturated. To
0: I'm, gonna to I'm gonna listen to this later. You remember, how, remember how I told you how I had that conversation with the guy who's doing the uh, dissertation <clears throat> on Russian peasants, and was like, "You were completely lucid. I don't remember you slurring your words at all. I can hear right now that I'm slurring my words. Uh-huh. I can hear it. I know it's okay. Cool. It's interesting to me that they are they are doing these incredibly incredibly complex power plays, this close to DC. Because it's again, it resonates so strongly with what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, mm. it's one of those situations where where a story that was told a long time ago, the comics, mm-hmm. is coming together with a story that was told a relatively short time ago, which is the show. But still long enough ago that they could not
1: have anticipated what's happening yeah. now. But you know that. And then what's yeah. happening now? Yeah, you've heard you've heard of that phenomenon, though. How like art uh, artists and you've experienced this in writing "I'll Be Yours" for a song. Artists tap in. Artists tap into something. Yeah. And that is definitely connected to whatever you want to call the vasting craziness of the universe. Right. And it's this shit will out. I mean this. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean seriously. I mean God, who, who who was that? There was that author that wrote about Titanic before. Wrote about a cruise line ship sinking after having read an, a short article in the newspaper um, on uh, a new ship having been built and called it the Titan. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I mean, a, a, according to what I remember, this story had actually been true. But it turns out um, the article that the uh, the article the writer had read. And used for inspiration for their novel about this sinking ship um, had been the um, an article about uh, Titanic having started to been built in Liverpool. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm.
1: It's creepy. It, it's really creepy. It, it, that particular instance is creepy. I don't think other than ins- I mean, like, seriously, you writing all your super I don't think that that was creepy. No, um, no, but but, but I mean, it was it was more about me than it was the mm-hmm. rest of the world. Like, but mm-hmm. you've said on a few occasions that it's like it wrote itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean,
0: but but I mean, something like Negan, and, and and the other thing. I mean, neither of you have really read the comics, right? No, sure. I haven't yep. Okay, well. <sighs> I stopped not too long after Glenn died. And, and again, and it wasn't because I feel like I need to emphasize this, not because I'm proving chops to either of you, but because people will be like, oh, well, Glenn was just too much for you. You left because you just couldn't. I mean, I mean, Negan, you could have left because you just couldn't yeah, take Negan.
1: No, I've read what you write.
0: That's I not left, you left because Negan was boring. Mm. But, but from what I saw, you're going to have to remind me before I was.
3: Even what you were talking
0: about? I'm so drunk. Remind My where okay. was.
3: Um, wait, I, I actually had trouble with this. You you were, um, you were trying to, you were trying to connect <laughs> Negan and Trump. And, yeah. um, and the and Scott, Scott Kimple was writing this and it was predicting Trump in a way that didn't make sense to you. Or yeah. that
1: makes an eerie, a kind
3: of sense that is eerie. hmm Yeah. Um, but that doesn't help. See,
0: I just feel like I'm
1: repeating myself. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone over this... Like, we touched upon this early I this think we did. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it, though. We touched on it. We touched and, and on it, we yeah. And then we moved back on. Uh, yeah. God, yeah. We...
0: <laughs> this is what happens when it gets to be 4.14 in the morning. Oh, my
1: God. Oh. Right? Is it seriously 4.14 in, morning? 414 uh, in yes, the morning? It is, it is yeah. in 4.14 yeah. in the morning. Yes, it is. It is, in fact, 4.14 in the morning.
0: Yeah.
3: You were saying... it. Okay. It, this story happens so close to D.C.,
0: yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's basically basically that you are exploring these and it's so interesting to me that these are power dynamics set at the end of the world. But mm-hmm. these are power dynamics that we're watching unfold right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it did not take the end of the world to reveal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because the alternative meaning of apocalypse is revelation, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. it is, it is mm-hmm. the
0: revealing of things hitherto unseen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I teach Sociology 101, this is one of the things that kind of, and it's not even, you know, it's not even sociology, it's just basic. How you understand how something functions is you look at what happens when it breaks down. Like mm-hmm. if something falls apart, it's kind of like an autopsy. If something stops functioning, you open it up and you look at how all the component pieces fit together and you figure out how you figure out how it stopped functioning. Mm-hmm. And watching something like The Walking Dead happen in such close proximity to DC as it exists right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine having written that. Mm. Mm. Like I I don't mm. I don't know what I would be thinking right now. It would fuck me up so bad.
3: Right. Like you feel like this is the kind of thing that gets revealed after the falling apart of all norms and power structures. Yeah. Except that you're seeing it here.
0: Well, and mm. I would also I would feel like I was kind of an accidental prophet. Like mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable. That is not a comfortable place to be. It, it. It's it's not comfortable.
3: Uh, how different is Nia from the comics?
0: He's really the same. Okay, <laughs> because I mean... He's the same. Because that
3: means the story was always going to get here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is this sort of, I mean, in general, like, zooming way out, there was that thing where people were complaining about zombie stories being everywhere, like yeah. you know yeah. there was the there was the time of the zombies.
0: Oh, Clark's World, the uh, the market I send stuff to a lot. Mm-hmm. They flat out say no zombies. <laughs> like if they if there is a hint of a zombie, rejection out of hand doesn't matter who you are. They won't take any more zombie stories. Right, huh.
3: but like you know, uh, but like analytically speaking, when when a time like that comes around, it's in response to things, and like and like you can figure out some of what those those things are that they're responding to by looking at what zombie stories connect you with, which is people that are okay to shoot because they're other and they don't you can't they don't they don't have humanity. And um and also things falling apart. And a desire to get back to survival roots. Um yeah. you know, uh in a in a more in a simpler world. Um and I'm not saying that Walking Dead is that, but like, you know, um but there is a sort of, like, the world shrinks and skills change to focus on uh, a violent survival setting. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: And so the fact that the show came around when it did and is developing in the time that it is, um, I feel like has some synchronicity with the things that led to the rise of Trump, is what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
3: and that's a big fucking thing. But like, <laughs>
2: no,
0: no. But I think I think you're right. I think you're right, and it's super troubling. It's super troubling because, so like with Walking Dead, I feel like there's two fandoms. There's there's, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. before. There's there's like the fandom that watches it for the surface reasons, like the blood. Yeah. And Rick. Mm-hmm. And all the toxic masculinity reasons. Mm-hmm. I found, I sound so fucking drunk. The toxic masculinity reasons. You don't you know, sound
1: as bad as you think you do.
0: I'm really trying. <laughs> I'm also tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then there's, and then there's the fandom that watches it for the reasons that we do. For the mm-hmm. interesting character study. Yeah. For the really deep interrogation of things like gender roles. Mm-hmm. And, and racial construction in, this, in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... There's us, and then there's them. hmm And I think everybody notices the them, mm-hmm. and nobody notices the us. Mm-hmm. It's, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about yeah. at the panel, about, you know, they're the groups of fans that are kind of the flagship.
2: hmm
0: Everybody mm-hmm. looks at them, and they think, okay, that's that fandom. Yeah. And then there's this other thing that's really legitimate and, in fact, may have more of a corner on what this particular showrunner is trying to say or do. But they don't get to be the flagship. Mm. So, not that we should all care what anybody thinks, but, like, what do you do with that?
3: So, I, I've been thinking of this, um, that dichotomy, as a, um, as a difference in maturity. For a reading of the text, like that is to say, like you you approach it differently from different places of maturity, and you so like uh, uh, and uh, when you get more mature and you grow more compl- more complicated, and you you can see more in the show that's happening beyond the surface, um, and I don't want to just say put it as a hierarchy like that, but I feel like that was something we talked about a lot in the panel, uh, which is that people are entering fandom from different levels of maturity mm-hmm. yeah. and approaching their ships, and how. How they reacted to alternative ships with differing levels of maturity different levels of security in their position yep. uh differing levels of um uh, uh engagement with the creators um that that and in many ways that panel was about maturity uh and the the maturity of the various participants in fandom um and when we've talked about the split in fandom on this show um like, there's... We keep coming back to this thing where it's a shallow read and a deep read. And the deep read is about um, the character and the lessons and the story arc and the symbols and, that are all there, that all hang together, and that is extremely difficult to think of as an accident. It's a thing that requires purpose and intention and balance and craft.
0: I'm so... I'm to need to cut. Hi, everybody. I'm <laughs> back. Hello. Anyway, as we were
1: saying... <laughs> Oh, just... Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, it is, yes.
0: by the way, now it is It is almost 5 in the it morning. It is almost 5 yes. in yes. the morning.
1: And the sun is rising. It is rising. It's kind of oh, nice. Yeah.
0: This it's happened to, cool. This happened at the last couple of really <laughs> Ritter <riddle> Kahn's. <laughs> I was
1: at, so this is not, not as normal. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. at all. It happens. It does. It's kind of wonderful, actually. Oh, my God. <sighs> I have had such a... I mean, seriously, I've had such a wonderful time here. I mean, I keep running into you, you fabul- fabulous people everywhere. Um, <laughs> and, like... I, it's, oh my god, just, everybody here is so fucking beautiful in so many different ways, and you look around and you see all sorts of flavors of writers around and people who like to read, and just, oh, it's beautiful. And famine people. I, I,
0: this is, this is something, I mean, okay, my, my con experience is not vast, and Mm -hmm. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I've come to New York con. I've never been to any of these CCs. Never. Mm-hmm. It's it's always been it's always been Wiscon, Readercon, ICF. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. God, where else? Capclave is like my home con, which is like a very small.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not like this. It's not feeling heavy, mm-hmm. but it's 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 writer oriented. It's panels. It's kind of low level like this. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, it's just nowhere is like this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nowhere is like this. Place is approximated, but nowhere is like this. And I'm glad in a way because it's like everywhere else knows that this is Wisconsin, and they don't try to recreate Wisconsin,
1: mm-hmm. which would be a very good idea. That's really great, actually. Yeah. They don't. Because, yeah.
3: Man. Um, I, spent, I spent ten years going to conventions through uh, Magic the Gathering um via tournaments or judging tournaments or participating in the culture around it um, and I've gone to both conventions and large tournaments through that lens
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, which is a very mathematical competitive lens and um, and I've experienced cons through it uh, things like Gen con things like um, things like C2e2 um, and um, th- I, I've seen, a- cosplaying and fandom and the the, the geek culture of conventions Mm -hmm. uh, in all these places. Um, And it is so often surface Mm
1: -hmm.
3: in those places that it's both surface and commercial. Uh, I've been to plenty of cons at this point in that sense. That's actually
1: why I've strayed away from all that um,
3: crap. I've been to plenty of cons at this point where um, there was literally nothing to do but buy things. You know, oh, like where it was um, about vendors and booths, and you mm. could get a celebrity to sign something. But well, otherwise... and I mean,
0: at that point, it's a trade show.
3: It's a trade show. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and they call them conventions. Yeah.
0: But, but, but it's uh, not. It's a trade show,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which is fine. You no, know? mm-hmm. call it that. But mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah,
3: But like, this is so far in the other direction of a devotion to ideas and truth, mm-hmm. and there and the interplay of what's possible. Yeah. When you engage more ideas and more mm-hmm. paths and channels with each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. That I, I went here my first year and I have never looked back. I knew I would be going here um, as it was available. Until it changed out of recognition or until I did.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, and it wasn't, it wouldn't be a choice. It was yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I, it was, like, I found myself here.
1: To your pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. 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 To Yeah. 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 And That's I
0: funny. and I think I think with the hands it's passing into, it's really unlikely that it's gonna change that much. Mm-hmm. Like I really don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I've the not the that the people the people who are who are coming into it, who are growing up into it, mm-hmm. who are, you know, millenni- millennials of our age, kinda of older millennials and mm-hmm. younger millennials in kind of the mid range period, they're just they're so invested in keeping the space. Mm-hmm. Because it's you know it's, there are other cons who try and approximate this, but there is nothing like this space. Mm-hmm. There really isn't, mm-hmm. and it's not that it hasn't been hostile to people of color, mm-hmm. and it's not that it hasn't been hostile to trans people. It absolutely has, but it's like it's still. It's still better than just on mm-hmm. anywhere else. Mm-hmm.
3: I I see the models being worked on and applied here that that I see being in place in other cons, that I see other cons wanting and reaching towards, but not having done the work or, the, or have the access or, you know, I there's something in place that I want to see everywhere here, you know, ways that they handle identity and security. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That I want to see everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember um, Ari was talking about how impressed she was by um, the different services that are available. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. mm mm-hmm. I love this place. Everyone should come here <laughs> that, um, yes. that loves themselves and those ideas and wants to, wants to grow.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. as a person.
3: As a, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I come here to grow as a person and be challenged yeah. Yeah. by people who have grown.
0: Jason. Yes. I'm so sleepy. Yeah. I'm just drunk. I'm sleepy. I think I need to go to bed. Yeah. yeah I think
1: that's a good idea.
0: I do have to be coherent for a panel at 10. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. What Sorry. are you doing up now? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I should get some sleep.
1: Some mm-hmm. sleep is better than none. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And you your panel's at 10? Panel's at 10. Uh-huh. You get to bed soon, wake up at 9, you'll have had a full four hours. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, that's actually, full four hours is better than three or two. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. something.
3: Yeah. It makes a lot.
1: I'm not as good as eight, but that's kind of impossible right
3: now. I'm going to be missing your panel at this point. And I'm not.
0: <laughs> All right. Good night, lovely people. We'll see how much of this survives after I cut it. But <laughs> oh. yep. Say so good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night from Wisconsin. Yes. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I think I did. I I uh I think I I said. In the first episode of the Wisconsin Stravaganza, that uh, I actually do not remember, like the last quarter of that conversation, of that recording, I, w- I went back and, and I was like, okay, the point at which I remember this cuts off about half an hour before this is done. So <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I think I might record more of my conversations at cons just because it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's something to, to go back and listen to it long after I can't remember what I was saying anymore. I think it was pretty lucid, though. I'm kind of proud of myself. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is the final episode of the Wisconsin extravaganza. Uh, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is. This is. I think all I'm gonna post this time. Uh, next episode. You know what? I don't know when that's going up. Um, it's going to be another reading series episode, which usually take me a while. So because there's a lot of editing involved. So probably a week to two weeks. And I'm really going to try and get back onto a regular schedule after this. I'm going to line up some more interviews. I'm going to have some more conversations with people. It's going to be fucking amazing. But yeah, watch the space for news. I'll let you guys know when I know. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's great. And it continues to be great. And I will hopefully speak to you soon. Bye.